Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Thanks to Raycon Wireless Earbuds for supporting FilmSack. Raycon Earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Raycon's offering you 15% off their product. And here's what you've got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash FilmSack. Our sun is dying. Mankind faces extinction. Seven years ago, the Icarus Project sent a mission to restart the sun. But that mission was lost before it reached the star. Sixteen months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our payload a stellar bomb. Kappa? This is Filmsack. Sure. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. Episode 498 of the weekend of Saturday, January the 15th, 16th of 2021. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. He's living outbreak of manliness. No. He's a living outbreak of manliness, Dunaway. Yeah. Oh, hi. Dear Ma and Pa from your boy in space. Remember how you said nothing ever good from staring at the sun for 12 hours a day and then the, qu- the sun quit on us and then you blame me for that. And then I had to kidnap old man Elon Musk so he would agree to let me join Space Force so I could fly to our dying sun with some other astronauts and scientists to restart the sun with some explosives the size of Manhattan. <laughs> Well, get out your sunbrellas. We're almost there. Whew. Is anyone else hot? I'm really sweating balls over here. Oh, yeah, Dad, I asked him about your idea about why don't they just move the dang old sun close? Uh, sorry, why don't they just move the dang old earth closer to the sun? They said that was stupid and laughed a lot. So thanks for that, Dad. Gosh, it's hot. Anywho, <laughs> just remember it takes eight minutes for light to travel from sun to earth which means you'll know we've succeeded about eight minutes after we delivered the payload. So if one day you look up into the sky and, okay, it's really hot in here. So I think I'm going to take off all my clothes and head up to the mainframe coolant tank and take a swim. You know what? 
I don't need this skin either. Just going <laughs> to peel it right off. All right, Mom and Dad. Camp has been great so far. See you at the end of summer. I volunteer. I volunteer, Randy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had me when you said, well, it's really hot in here. I'm going to take off all my clothes. Nice job. <laughs> How could I not? Yeah. How could I not? How could you not? Bring up Nelly. Invoke, invoke the Nelly. Yep. Yes. Also, sunbrellas. Amazing. All right. Also mm. with us, Randy, please return the panels to the coolant, Jordan. Hello, how's Scott? Brian, Brian. I was listening up. Yeah, okay. All right. Hi, Mom. I'm recording this for you now because they're telling me that this is going to be the last chance I'm going to get to send you a message before we go in. Apparently, the first mission to storm the Capitol learned something bad at this point, and that's why they failed. But I don't really... I don't know. Anyway... We're about to go in a second time, and we've got an even bigger mission. I, I know you won't have a way to see what we're doing, but just know we're going to do our best to save democracy from um, democracy. Uh, I, I've been given a card to read with three important steps to follow here today. Let's see what it says. Uh, number one, turn off your cell phone before you get too close. Okay, Mr. Samsung Galaxy S3 here. Uh, I think you hold down this little button. <laughs> I think he muted himself. I, I see what he did. That was yeah, yeah that was, was clever. It, yeah, it was clever. I like that. Clever. With us also, Brian. He can only see out a little rectangle in his gold helmet as well, Ibit. That's so tiny. We interrupt this program for an important message from the President of the United States of America. Good evening, my fellow Americans. I apologize for interrupting whichever streaming service you happen to be watching because, well, we can do that now. When First Lady Taylor Swift and I took office two years ago in 2048, we swore to always be transparent and honest with you, the American people. So, it is with a heavy heart that I announce that the sun is dying. Researchers first uh, noticed these changes in the outback. When one scientist stopped eating his blooming onion and asked another scientist, does it feel cold in here to you? This led to a 14-month detailed analysis of the heat and energy created by the sun. All stars eventually run out of energy and extinguish, and our sun is no different. However, I do have some good news for you. The United States of America has teamed up with countries around the world like Japan, the United Kingdom, and even the Independent Republic of Mar-a-Lago, Florida, to launch a rocket to reboot the sun. We've gotten financial backing from Tesla, Coca-Cola, and our biggest sponsor, who gets to name the mission, Pornhub.com, who's calling it the Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me mission, and now that I say it out loud, it seems pretty on brand for them. Anyway, this rocket, uh, the Icarus, is going to travel 93 million miles to the sun, get up close, and drop its load all over the surface. Okay, now I'm really regretting this this Pornhub uh, sponsorship deal. Anyway, this payload will control-alt-delete the sun, restoring its power, clearing its cache, and giving us a brighter day. We now return you to your regular programming. This is President One of the Jonas Brothers signing off. (laughs) Wait, are you predicting that uh, Taylor Swift marries a Jonas Brother? Is that what you're telling me? And becomes president. Holy shit. Look at you with the What about the Star right? That's bold. Well, one of them's married to the Stark girl, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I get a one in three chance. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can totally hear you. You you finally unmuted yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you I thought still that mean. happened in the year 3000. Ibit, that's not when that happened. That was what, when uh, early? Well, when, 
When Taylor Swift with, marries with, one of the Jonas Brothers. The Jonas Brothers became one of the presidents. In 3000? Yeah, you know how yeah. old they'll be. How old do you think those Jonas Brothers can live? <laughs> well, the song says they, they they called their grandpa on the year 3000. Isn't that how that goes? Oh, oh, you're making an know. actual reference to a song. I don't know Jonas that song. Made. I know, like, is it Watermelon Sugar one of theirs? Or is that a One Direction kid? <laughs> I have no idea. Right. No, no that's a One Direction that, kid. I thought then she referenced them that... You know, we was on the same what, page. That but, I know everything about the Jonas well, Brothers. You know, well, you're in music. the year three thousand. Uh, <laughs> not much changed, but uh, I think they live under the water or something like that. Anywho, maybe maybe you missed my my sign off, but I said this is President <laughs> one of the Jonas Brothers signing <laughs> off. <laughs> that should give you a pretty good idea of of uh, how many of their names I can I can give. I like that it doesn't matter. Love it. Like it could be yeah, any right. of those brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it doesn't yes. matter which. That's one. pretty great. Uh, the movie we're talking about today, if it wasn't already obvious, maybe it isn't for some of you is the uh, 2007 Danny Boyle-directed, Alex Garland-written Sunshine, a movie I think uh, I think of as a modern classic. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite science fiction movies ever. I saw it in theaters. I've seen it four times since, this being my fourth. And uh, I'm going to be a real turd about it today because I really <laughs> love it, and I'm not going to take too much guff about it because I, I love it. And I, I, even I, love like, the- I love this movie, uh, but the more I read about it and the more I read what Danny Boyle was trying to accomplish. I was like, I wish I hadn't read none of that. I don't, I don't really, know. Really? That's interesting. Cause this is, I mean, huh. this is primarily a Garland project and this is those two working together. Cause they, they have already had that history. They, they did 28 right. days together. They did, mm-hmm. or 28 days later, they 20, did, uh, 20 days, yeah. uh 20 the beach later. They did, let's see. Uh, he wrote the beach. What else did he write? He's, I want to say this is either the third or fourth collaboration. And Alex right. Garland is one of those dudes Seriously, he could. I could find out he's writing an episode of Sesame Street, and I would stop everything to watch it. Like, oh, I love this. Yeah, Uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, I mean, devs alone. Oh, don't get me wrong; they're amazing creators, and I love it. But like I said, the more I was reading about uh, interviews about the movie and Danny Boyle and and uh, his motivations, go ahead. Yes, Garland Sesame Street. So. Bert and Ernie are finally being are finally being allowed to fall in love against the backdrop of a zombie invasion they don't know is happening. Yep, and they have to go to space to develop the cure. Yep, uh, and you got uh, me. I'm in. And and there's uh, Sesame Street Muppet robots that they end up in conflict with. Mm-hmm. Right. This El- is Elmo self aware Elmo uh, yeah. mm-hmm. makes everyone tickle him and uh oh, this makes is everyone so tickle him. I like the idea of I making mean, them tickle I, him. I just want to I just want to lay out real quick his this dude's writing career. All right. He wrote the the beach, the novel and the screenplay. So that's his. Uh, Twenty eight days. Uh, wait, wait, just, just, I just want to ask a question because the beach co- crosses my mind every now and then. Would we sack that? Would we sack that movie? Uh, we I should would absolutely sack. Yeah, that movie. I would sack I the beach. We had sacked that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, the island we did? Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking. See, of the and, okay, yeah. you're not the only. Then I'm not the only one who okay. gets the island and the beach Ooh, confused because it's both DiCaprio. Both DiCaprio, right? No, <laughs> no. the island was not DiCaprio. No, no the, See, the be- beach is, still is DiCaprio. The island is you and McGregor. You and McGregor, right? Yeah, uh, the beach is awesome. So is Twenty Eight Days Later. I love both those movies. And uh, he also wrote the Tesseract. He wrote Sunshine. This one, he wrote Batman Black and White. One of the episodes, and that was an amazing episode of that Black and White, uh, which anime coincidentally thing. was named Sunrise. Which I I, I don't know. Why I had oh, really? Weird. Uh, is, he wrote. Is the movie Sunshine based on a true story? I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Uh, don't worry about it. Damn you, Google. He wrote a video game I, called Enslaved Odyssey to the West, a very cool, trippy game. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for Dread, that amazing uh, oh, uh, Judge Carl Dread Urban. movie with uh, uh, Bones in Urban. it. What, what's his name? Urban. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Jeez Louise. Um, he then wanted to write another video game. He wrote the DMC Devil May Cry game, the reboot. That was excellent. Ex Machina was like his uh, directorial debut. Then he did uh, Annihilation, which he also wrote and directed. And then this dev series. Did you guys see devs? I know. Oh, I did enjoy Love, devs. Loved devs. He's amazing. Yeah. I didn't finish watching it, but I really enjoyed it. He's currently working on a Halo screenplay for a Halo adaptation, which immediately makes me care about a Halo Once adaptation. Again, none of my complaints about Sunshine is about writer Alex Garland. What are your complaints? Oh, Let, lay them out. My complaints are, are, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, movie's fine. Danny Boyle is a director. Fine. Great. Movie's good. Like I said, my problem was that when we do this, uh, when we do this show, I do deep dives and I read what the directors and writers now think about looking back about the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the middle of Sunshine, I was I had all these grandiose ideas of what you know the meaning of sun was and why there was so many, uh, why there was so much focus on eyes and why they you know it, there was such a focus on it and. And I had such an idea of like, you know, time and time dilation. And I, I de- are you I doing like a rain see- and freaking? Um, f- uh- no, that's it's water. Wrong. It's <laughs> water. Minority Report and it's okay. water. Right. Right. What is the water? And so I wanted to I like I like taking my psychological uh, psychological movies and going, OK, they've left enough here for me to to breathe uh, in. So they've, they've created a world that allows me to breathe in it. But when they close those doors it kind of aggravates me. And so Spielberg actually did it dear in Minority Report. He closed those doors and didn't allow me to explore the world. And Danny Boyle, like I said, through my analysis of what's going on, has closed those doors. So I was like, oh, that that captain, is he really in the same time? Has time dilated? Has it really been seven years? But the way Danny Boyle explains this, no, it's just like he's it's a crazy person. He really was alive. And it was just, you know, he was just insane. And I was like, oh, you closed down all my, you know, my interpretations of of this psychological thrill. It's one of my favorite parts of those kind of movies is mm-hmm. letting me just run amok in the world. Well, I mean, that's it's a personal you, you got to understand my take on this movie is 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 that it's less trying to say a bunch of stuff about, you know, it's, it's less about right. the symbolism, which I don't blame you for feeling that way about an Alex Garland pro- project because he's that's his thing. That's his whole yeah. jam. But in this case, I think what he was trying to do was say. I think it's simple. I think he's saying, all right, son's dying. We got to do a thing about it. We're going to make a movie that feels a little 2001, a little aliens, a little, a little like some stuff that's come before it. But Danny Boyle has a certain visual flair to the way he makes films. And uh, for example, imagine how beautiful, imagine how those Mark strong scenes uh, would look while he's all crispy bacon and stuff, how they would look in a traditional way if they didn't do the weird filmmaking he did. And uh, yeah, Yeah. Um, because if he, because if they had done, just him all burnt up talking and walking around the ship and then sabotaging and whatever stabby stabby. Um, that would have been lame. <laughs> that would have looked stupid. <laughs> that would have been like, okay, well stabby, stabby. there's this guy, he's loose and he's killing people. But instead Boyle goes for this weird irradiated, like fil- film smear every time Mark Strong's yes. character is on screen. And to me, that stuff is 
the sign of a director that understands that to make this not look dumb, he has to go. He has to bring Absolutely. in some style. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. I loved it. Like and I said, that's, and my that's complaint the is not even up. with Danny Boyle. My complaint's not even with Alex Garland. My complaint is with the discussions afterwards. I hate when a director answers all the questions. I hate when they do that. It's like, yeah, hear here me tell you what's going on. It's like, no, it's art. Well, <laughs> let me live in your world. Well, <laughs> let me live in your world. Okay. okay yes, I, I agree with both of you. And I, I so like I, I was looking back, I was trying to find my review of this movie because I was still writing reviews in, in the middle of 2007 when this came out. And I went to the theater. I'm sure it was July 27th, the night it was released in the United States. And I came out and I, I remember writing this uh this exact line as the beginning of my review of this movie and it was why do you have your freddy krueger in my hard sci-fi movie <laughs> and it was just ba- it was just basically my reaction to it after seeing it the first time was that it was half really interesting sci-fi to me that seemed to be going somewhere and then it took a really hard turn and I was completely uninterested. And I, I'm surprised by that because now, watching it again now, I was really interested in a lot of the themes and and thoughts that the movie has in the second half. Probably more so than the first half. Like That's pro- probably because I've seen the movie before and I remember it. Mm. But in the first half of the movie, it's just explaining some really cool stuff to you and showing some really cool stuff to oh, you. So cool. And in the second half of the movie, you suddenly you have to start thinking about what's going on for these people when they look at the sun up close like they've been doing in their observation. And what's going on for this Freddy Krueger guy that a pin I'm gonna call him Pinbacker, but <laughs> because it, you know, like I'm gonna stop misnaming him. Right. But what's going on? What's what's gone on for Pinbacker? Like and, and who's the god here? Like they you know, they're all talking about God and, and he's clearly working as an agent of of some god. Which God? And, you know, so like, you know, and you get to thinking about astrology in general, right? Like uh, Christianity has a lot in, 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 of astrology in it, right? Like there's 12 disciples. Each one belongs to a month of the year. There's 12, uh, uh, what, what uh, in astrology, 12 phases. What are they called? Mm-hmm. Um uh, you're, uh, you're a, I'm a Scorpio. Was, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, <laughs> anyway, like I, I got to thinking about all of that and I don't remember having any of those thoughts the first time I saw it, mm, you know? Right. Yeah. So it, it must, it must be holding up. Okay. Cause I, I really enjoyed this and everything, but I've never seen a better movie to have a discussion about the suspension of disbelief on. I don't right, know. Right, right. But I can't think of good, one. Here, here's the point. thing. Here's the thing we're all aligned with Dunaway a little bit on, on some of the psychological stuff going on. So the, the guy, uh, the New Zealand actor, I forget his name. Um, he's the one that oh, Curtis, Curtis, uh, Cliff yeah. Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Fear the walking dead. Yeah. I love that dude. Oh. Uh, he's, uh, he's cool, but anyway, his thing is that he's this—he's the psychological dude on the on the ship. They have somebody who's there for the mental health of the crew, which is a really interesting right. concept because you've got to, you know, ship out very it's early. Trip. It's going to take you years to do things, and you're in a tight yeah. space, and it's all super intense, and all of humanity hangs in the balance, and so it makes sense that you would do this. But it's there, there's you know, it's not lost on me that he is the one who is symbolically or literally being like Icarus getting too close to the sun Mm -hmm. and the ship is literally called Icarus or in this case Icarus 2. Yeah, which 
it seems like a was is that like naming your airplane the Hindenburg or naming your ship the Titanic? <laughs> I mean, doesn't right. it feel like I got suspend your disbelief, man. Like, why are there even people on the ship? There's no, there's no oh, mission yeah. to the sun. That was my original, my original intro was going to be them right. explaining why they had to have a person, any people right. on right. this. Uh, yeah, it feels like they could have automated it for sure. Fire uh, a dart into the sun. I'm pretty sure if we had a conversation, like if we were going to vote, which, which way you guys want to do, you want to bring the, the earth closer to the sun or uh, <laughs> you want to blow the sun up? Mm. Be like, let's, let's take a look at the. Closer, I, yeah, but the, but the other thing, the moving the sun, uh, Earth closer to the sun, messes with the entire orbital uh, cohesion of the entire system, as opposed to blowing up the sun. Yeah, yeah, because well, no, you're or not blowing up the sun. You're starting another. Starting we'll it. start another sun inside of it. Yeah, why not other, just go to Jupiter and start a fire there? <laughs> but that's my <laughs> point. That's my point. Is this uh, as much as yes, you do have to, and like any science fiction, you got to kind of park your brain at the door for a lot of things. Oh, yeah. But in this particular case. It's actually to me it's it's the logical thing. If you're if you're going to do anything, it's to get the sun back in working order. It isn't to change the order of everything else cuz you'll just f it up. If you if you really had the tech to move the earth to a closer orbit around the sun, which, which was dying by the way, uh, so it wouldn't have mattered. You would only buy yourself some additional time in, in theory. Let's keep going right. in a title. It's not like, it's not like the, uh, the sun is just, well, we're, I'm going to operate at uh, energy saver mode for we a little just, while here. So we can do, come on look, closer. Yeah. All we got to do is a slingshot around Mars. I've already done all the math. Yeah. You've, you've <laughs> to get Earth closer, a little slingshot yeah. around Mars. But back that's, to my, back to my point. solution for everything in space. But that, is the, that is the science fiction movie. Uh, right. Uh, well, to. we'll just slingshot around whatever planet or celestial right. body happens to be. We need some momentum. Yeah. 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 You And <clears throat> here's the thing, though. Let me back, back to my whole point with the doctor. So he's he is he's playing with fire. Literally, uh, he's mm. he's the movie starts with him messing with how can I see three percent of the sun? Can I see it? Yeah, yeah. percentage. The computer's more, like, well, right. if you do that much, you can only do it for 30 seconds. Like he's just getting too close and further as the movie goes you start to notice he's getting right. all blistery and sunburned and spending way too much time in the observation room and i that stuff stuck with me because he was also a good guy was doing the right thing ultimately sacrificed himself for the for the team because he didn't have a suit couldn't go back uh so you know offed himself in a in a in a ship full of skin um yeah. that and was the most yeah. If that didn't gross you out, yeah, I was gonna say, what if can oh, we jump right to what gross got out the most? Because it's got to be a ship with uh, taking uh, your, head, of taking your mask dust. off. Well, let's yeah. fi- let's find out. Gross. Now, there's other opportunities in this movie. Let me say that there's a lot of oh, bo yeah. going on. Oh yeah, you get a, a whole arm ripped off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was gnarly. It's getting hot there in was, here. Time to peel off my skin. There was also just a lot of we're crammed in this tiny space, and I can tell they all stink and haven't showered in a while, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, but. Yeah. My yeah, biggest thing is I, I don't want to be breathing in your freaking skin. I don't want to be doing that. <laughs> they didn't have to tell us that. That's pretty good. Left that part out. I, I really, yeah. I crispy, really crispy actually, I really liked dust. it. Yeah, right. I really liked that actually also, because it was like also uh, yeah. was on the list of uh, scientific uh, atrocities committed by this film. Like uh, the it's just flat out false. Like you, right. you, yeah. it, you're the dust in your home is not, not that much skin. dust. Well, it's and, not even, and you don't continue to produce new skin cells, new skin layers after you've died. So basically right. once, you know, you'd get the initial skin bits and then that'd be it. Well, the concept is that skin bits. Take back. Like I do not want to talk about 
all the scientific inaccuracies <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Please, please don't let me do that because it's just like you are supposed to suspend disbelief on everything on every level you, you are but you're also supposed to be handed concepts that are interesting and thought-provoking and the movie does that as well so i don't have a problem with any of it um i the like the idea that uh they played with the idea but then if like they backtracked off of it but they played the idea you know you can't be in the presence of god that's that's been a very common thing that's believed in many religions that the human mind cannot be in the presence of god and they've kind of implied that the sun is somewhat godlike or there is a presence or energy about it that is godlike and sure. Cyril was slowly going insane because being in the presence of you know this this entity or mm -hmm. larger than humanity. And so there's a lot of interesting concepts there. But I felt like like I said, every interview I read felt like he was just like going, no, no. No, and, can't and, have that. I'm, and I don't care. Like I am right. going to have my interpretation, <laughs> and my interpretation is that everything after they are visited by Mercury is right. is the afterlife because that's like the oh. Roman god Mercury yeah. is literally yeah, yeah, yeah. the person who transports you to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. oh, really? Yeah, Dead and zone so, too. Mm -hmm. and so like it. for me, all of the all of the structure of the film is about telling this story about these people who all died together and mercury takes them to uh the underworld right and then mm -hmm. uh, they you know and so on like i love how you can wrap this thing up in a higher power high concept and you don't have to think about the how a bomb the size of manhattan would work or some nonsense right. Like right. by yeah. the way yeah. visually that was awesome Oh, it was very. I cool. loved mm -hmm. the payload visually. Yeah. The idea, mm, eh, mm -hmm. it's fine. It's cool. Look, look. Yeah. I mean, you. Yeah. The, the, that's why I love this movie because it isn't the important bits aren't the the A's and B's and C's of it. The important bits right. are these stylistic choices of music contrasted with really great shooting, you know, like amazing mm -hmm. like shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, incredible weird close-ups of, of people's faces, which is a very Danny Boyle thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and and the the I that mix used, of things, I could have used a few less uh, Cillian Murphy close-up sweaty face inside the suit. <laughs> I, I, oh, I didn't mind few, that. I feel like I feel like this movie makes Cillian Murphy's career as an as an right. eye makeup actor. Like, <laughs> yeah, my God, yeah, yeah. You, you could just swim in his eyes, his dreamy, oh. dreamy eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is how many. This is what his third <laughs> third movie with Boyle. So he's he's a regular. Yeah. Um, uh, we should talk about the cast real quick, actually. So we mentioned yeah. Cliff Curtis. He's not there for super long, but he's there. I want to give props to the voice of the computer who uh, played Icarus, oh. uh, mm. Chipo yeah. Chung. Chipo Young, yeah. she's great. Chipo Chung, I think is her computer. name. She's awesome. My gosh, she's got a cool computer voice. Um, Michelle Yeoh is amazing in this. Mm -hmm. And mm. Uh, she has one she's of the most shocking uh, memorable scenes from the film for me, which is, you know, Bacon Man sets her up in a position holding that little flower, yeah. which is all symbolic yeah. and weird anyway. And then when they let all the air out of that ship, oh. and she comes flopping oh, yeah, through there. The Gosh, dang it, dude! <laughs> like flop, little ragdoll flopping that. down the hall. Oh yeah. my god! Really, really rough. Well, and she also, uh, she also plays um, 
the, her characters, uh, like the job that's stated in the film is she is keeping the plants alive, right? right. Which she's is like a boss. life, yeah. It's yeah. all of life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like she's literally in charge of making the oxygen that everyone breathes. Mm -hmm. And so her, uh, like her character is literally named Corazon, you know, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's just, there's a, there's a a lot of things for you to, uh, to feel from that character. Mm -hmm. And Michelle Yeoh is so perfect for, for getting those feelings across. Yeah. She just, she's been, uh, and she's been great on uh, Star Trek Discovery um, oh, she's past, she's uh, about to get her new. Yet. She's about to get her spinoff, right? Her um, her series on her own. Isn't she getting her own? Series? Oh, is she? I, yeah, I wasn't. Called, uh, um, hadn't heard about that. Section. That's great if she is. Um, hold on. Oh, the section fifty one thing. Yeah, the, uh, I think that's still happening. Did we watch Tomorrow Never Dies? I don't think so. I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we watched Tomorrow Never Dies, which is her uh, James right. Bond movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's in t- so many trillions of things it's like you can't even keep count she yeah this this woman works she's been doing films uh in hong kong and here since 84 mm. and she's her magnum opus for western audiences is crouching tiger hidden dragon oh yeah, right. oh, yeah um, of course yeah I, I i don't know like i always wonder with movies like that is is that popular in the eastern world i don't know <laughs> it like, is as popular as i have no idea yeah. if it is i assume it is it's pretty uh I don't know. It feels it feels authentic, and it's you know subtitled and all that. Benedict Benedict Wong's character broke my heart. Oh man, mm-hmm. yeah. Benedict Wong. Let me just say this. So I don't want to freak you guys out or anything, but I want to freak you out. So check this out. <laughs> so this is Benedict Wong in the film. Okay. So this is how he sounds in the movie. I'm going to play this clip. I had to manually override Icarus. So I made all the calculations myself, and I double and triple checked them. They all worked out. Okay. Now that's basically his Wong character from uh, from Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, Strange and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the guy we know. That's the voice we hear. Uh, the Martian as well. He's the, he's the dude, the Chinese expert Bruce. guy on the Martian. He's fantastic on the Martian. Anyway, here's what he really sounds like. This blew me away. It's a massive deal for me. I mean, especially growing up as a kid and collecting comic books and eh. you know, all, the, all my Spider-Man books, uh, the Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, the web of Spider-Man <laughs> I own a number one copy of. And He's British. He's freaking British. <laughs> yes. Oh, my, my. And specifically Manchester. You can hear the city mm-hmm. of Manchester in his voice. Mm-hmm. He could be an Oasis brother right there with yeah. that accent. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, though? Just Maybe. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy. Found that to be mind-boggling. But he's <laughs> he, is, he has always been, that, always been to me, just one of the <laughs> most compelling, interesting faces whenever he shows up. And my first mm-hmm. real exposure to him to him was this movie, and then the other significant one for me was the Marco Polo series, which isn't that great overall, but his role as Genghis Khan is one of the most memorable freaking things you've ever seen. He's so good in it. And, and it was Scott, so- guess, guess who else was born and raised in Manchester? Mm. Danny Boyle. Oh, yeah. Look oh, at that. Yeah. Old pals, probably. I thought you were going to say Hir- Hiroyuki Sanada, who, <laughs> who is definitely not from Manchester. But I want to talk about him for a second. He played Kanada or Kaneda. 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 Can Canada? He really want to call him Canada, and he's like, "That's stupid." Yeah, they call Canada, him Canada, Canada with an E, which is a, fa- a traditional uh, Japanese family name. Japanese name, said? yeah. That says in the trivia. I'm not. I didn't follow yeah. through on that, but he, that dude, is in all sorts of stuff. He was in Westworld and uh, mm-hmm. millions of things. <laughs> that dude is a badass. He is such a cool looking. And actor. he had to put he had to put on his own gold suit. Yep, 
I mean, yeah. All I mean, by himself. He had skills. Yeah, man. Killian Murphy mm-hmm. was over there getting the treatment by yeah. Rose Byrne, right? He is, right, a, but, uh, by the way, he is Scorpion in the upcoming rated R Mortal Kombat reboot, <gasps> which I'm pretty excited about. Really? Yeah. Get over here. Yep. That. Come here. <laughs> well, that's going to be great. He was in Endgame, uh, played a. Whatever. I can't think of the name. The one that was. Yeah, he was the one fighting uh, Ronan or AKA. Uh, Clint. All right, I'm just. We're not going to do MCU. And kind he was also here. in the Wolverine, right? He was. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Where he goes to Japan. Wait, not the Wolverine. Oh, uh, yeah, the Wolverine. The Wolverine. Wolverine. You're right. That's the second yeah. one. That's the good one. Not X Men Origins. Right. Wolverine. Right. <laughs> right. The Wolverine. By the, the way. Wolverine. Yeah. I kind of like that one. I, do I know too. it's not everybody's it's, favorite. No, but I, uh, listen, I like the Wolverine. It's not as good as Logan, obviously. I mean, I think yeah. there's going to be universal. The there's universal truths. It's yeah. Logan, the Wolverine, X Men Origins in that order. There's no right. You, you'll. There's I no. can't imagine finding anybody who disagree with that. Yeah, but if <laughs> there's a person. if there's a more handsome man living in Japan, I don't know who it is because this dude, um, he's he's a heartthrobber yeah. dude. Look at him all. Yeah, heartthrobber. Can yeah, we even I, talk about Chris Evans? Not yet. Uh, in, in we're saving my, it. We're saving it. In my stick in my a, review of this, in, in my review of this film in 2007, I actually like I I was really really excited about Michelle Yeoh and Hiroki Sonata and Benedict Wong because I you know like I was I was predicting that we were starting to see and we were going to see a lot more movies like this with a a very diverse cast. And, uh, you know, people who maybe didn't even have English as their first language starring in English spoken films and so on. I, I was totally wrong, completely wrong. Yeah. Or at least at least the last 13 years hasn't really shown us much of that. Although we did have Parasite win some Academy Awards last year. So I think we're, you know, we're headed, we're headed mm-hmm. away from English as your first spoken language in, in general. But there really haven't been a lot of movies like this where you give top billing to people and you show them and you use them and they talk, you know, mm-hmm. a lot. Admittedly, admittedly, it ends up being Killian Murphy in the end. So it kind of reverts yeah. to pure British white guy. But like, I just, I, I, I was really, really happy in 2007, uh, you know? And so like, I'm, uh, I'm kind of sad that we're, we can't talk about this movie without talking almost entirely about Chris Evans because he's so he's so plain by comparison you know well, is he plain? I, I loved him in this so I thought excited. he was great yeah. in this yeah, yeah. i mean it, he's a, he's a very he's a deep character in a film full yeah. of deep characters um so it's not you know nobody in this thing is the two dimensional okay here's the here's the guy who's going to freak out in the middle of the flight and right. just go nuts here's the guy who's um you know, longingly uh, loving this mission. And, and interesting. it's interesting you're saying this because I feel like Chris Evans' character is precisely one-dimensional. This really? Totally disagree. This. Totally he disagree. To, he has to fight somebody a couple of different times. Right. Uh, like, he, I just, he is, uh, you know. I he disagree. is truth, and he has to defend truth in yeah. this film. So I, I think... Yeah. I think you could say his motivations may be singular, but he is very, yeah. I also, I think that his, he's, he's, you know, in the beginning he's set up and it's a little bit of a MacGuffin because they kind of set him up to seem like he's going to be trouble. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be the one we're going to have to worry about. And it turns out it's that other pud who is a total weenie. 
Uh, who's like, I, I'm wearing a suit. I'm the captain. <laughs> who's the captain right, now? Yeah. That guy yeah. sucked. Oh hey, yeah, I was that gonna, guy. Hey, you know what? If there is one two-dimensional character on here, it is yeah. the, I'm the captain. Troy, I'm, yeah. I'm going. It's that Troy guy. guarantee he is definitely, that That to me is the, yeah. Uh, yeah and we've seen me. him many times before, right? He plays, he plays like these dorks Dork. in other movies. Yeah, he's often a uh, dork. I, I don't remember this guy very he's, much. I, okay, so have you guys ever seen the barbershop movies? He plays this great Never. character on the barbershop movies named Isaac. He's fantastic. He's like this. Never seen any everything barbershop I movies. don't watch. Yeah, I'm looking down his list. It's Y five O. I've never seen it. Right. Magnum uh, PI stuff, the new stuff. Never seen it. Yeah. Okay, I've seen all of this. That's this what I'm funny. saying. Like uh, bandits might be the only other thing that. Yeah. Watch right. bandits about we just watched it for film yeah, set, that, but I, but what did he even play it was what was he there oh man, the wannabe stuntman Wait. i mean did you did you not spend oh, all the time right. about his character for bandits seriously no, no, no <laughs> oh my I god i guess i, I saw not. him in uh on golden pond when he was an uncredited role as an, <laughs> a young boy on jetty <laughs> <laughs> well hold on a second yeah, I mean, someone just said we did bandits did we do bandits? Yeah, we did bandits? We did bandits. It was bandits yeah. recently. Billy Bob and Bruce Willis, like, like within the last. last I had this, this, so this is this movie review podcast that we do, Scott. Shit. And uh, we totally you know, we did watch, it. We watch movies and then we watch subsequent movies. No, I just I just had forgotten. <laughs> we, you're right. Them. We did it last year in May. I don't remember yeah. doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Moses, that's really weird. I don't know why. A two bank robbers <laughs> fall in love with a girl. Like <laughs> I didn't even recognize him as the same. Oh, I remember now. Character. No, I remember now. I Listen, I'm just Whatever, glad Charlie that Brown. 13 years later, I'm finally able to see sunshine. So. <laughs> oh, is this your first movie? Oh, no. Okay, first, so but stop the viewing. presses. Can we find... Oh, Ibit, what's your takeaway? What did you think of this movie? I really I really enjoyed it. And um, this was one of those films that... All right, so usually uh, here's how I do film sec. I've got my iPad on my lap. I'm uh, typing in uh, Microsoft OneNote to put my notes in there. And I've got IMDb and Wikipedia open so I can look stuff up if I need to. This was one of the first, well, one of the few films in a long time where I felt like I couldn't look away from the screen because yeah, yeah. there is, it's number one, it's just nonstop stuff, not necessarily nonstop action, but nonstop right important elements there's no like all right now we're just going to have this kind of mellow moment with all the people sitting around a table eating their space food and, and yeah twiddling not without thoughts. subliminal messages like big old people screaming like mm-hmm. half a right. second worth of, of footage mm-hmm. yeah gotta, gotta pay attention gotta pay attention for sure and there's also none of the dumbing down like, all right, well, now we've really got to explain what we just explained in kind of scientific terms. Now we've kind of got right. to dumb it down for for dumb audiences. God. There's none of that, which is kind of like, that's the fallback if I happen to be looking at IMDb. It's like, <laughs> oh, I just missed that plot point. Well, what you're basically telling us is that we have to drop our load in the sun's hole? Is that the deal? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you've really got to pay attention to the whole thing. And that's probably why this movie is only 90 minutes is because yeah. they take out so much of that. It down, is but. so much shorter than I remember. I saw this on DVD and I remember being this, I was like, Oh God, we got to watch that three hour slog fest of sun. It wasn't, it was only like, an, like I said, like yeah. an hour, 40 minutes or something. I was, so, I was really surprised it didn't get nominated for more awards for cinematography. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. there were some nominations. For, for visual effects. And I realize a lot of the cinematography was visual effects. Like, but sure. it just like, I don't, I can't imagine having your devices 
uh, in distracting you while you're watching this movie. No, like, for sure. And that's the thing. So Tina at the end of this said, well, that wasn't very good. And I said, I thought it was really good. You were looking at Facebook and Zoom and next door the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it is that kind of movie you can't, uh, you do need to pay attention yeah. to. But I feel that yeah. way about all Boyle movies. That's something, that's that's a thing with him. I am visually that's arrested by one. him. Yeah. Uh, in a way that that I really admire and like, and so this movie's like that. I'm really glad to hear that you liked it. I mean, a lot of you know, yeah. 2007 wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't feel like a movie that's you know aged, and the people in it still mm-hmm. kind of look like they do today, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it to me, it's like this could have been yesterday. It could have been 10 years ago, whatever. But my feeling coming away from it is still this great feeling of like this thing knows how to tick the boxes that I like. And some of those boxes yeah. are this. If you're going to have a movie set in deep space with everybody doing a really hard thing, you have mm-hmm. to have a scene where there's like a galley slash cantina slash place for everybody oh, to eat. Yeah. And they're all sitting around <laughs> yep. talking about stuff while they eat. If you don't have that scene, you're not doing it right. This movie did right, it right exactly. had that scene. Uh, it's totally yep. an aliens kind of thing, whatever, or alien rather. Uh, the, the, the feeling of isolation and a little bit of space madness uh, this sense that the sun is without the sun, we're all screwed is a very tricky thing to wrap a human head around. Cause it's like right. with that thing down, truly all life ends, we're done. That's it. It's required of this. We have to rely on this big ball of flame to keep life alive. And without it, we're done. That's a thing to grapple with. And this movie grapples with that really well. Yeah. I, I like that. It was like the sun is just like on low mode. It's not. It hasn't stopped. It's still <laughs> hot as crap. Mode, yeah. <laughs> right. But it's right. like, oh no, it slowed down just enough that it's like, oh no. Yeah, but in the minute, but it's but it's dying, so it's gonna die yeah, yes, out dying. completely. Right. Which means, yeah, you're in you're but in solar take, winter. You know. Yeah. Go but ahead. But even even still, I mean, you know, if it's dying, I mean, that takes a long time. So mm-hmm. even you know, generation after generation will still be. Like going, oh, it's dying. Well, how much longer we got? Well, not my lifetime. Yeah, Maybe but if but lifetime. if the Earth right. is if the Earth is in the middle of a solar winter, that is unsustainable. You're not going to make it. right eventually. Like, yeah, you you've got to figure out a way to do it. You're freaking out there. You're you're playing out on the middle of the of the water just outside of the Sydney Opera House for hell's sake. <laughs> like that stuff is apocalyptic and cool. So it's playing with my with my world building. So I'm having a lot of fun there. Like this yeah. just ticks every box I need it to. And and then some and and so why it isn't on more people's lists of like favorite sci-fi I don't know maybe it is and yeah I just, it really just didn't for me I didn't even really know about it until I think one of you guys probably you Scott recommended to me on TMS and I tried to yeah, this is back when Netflix was sending DVDs uh, I tried to uh, or Blu-rays <laughs> I tried to get the Blu-ray to watch on my PS4 and it was incompatible mm-hmm. like it's one of the few weird incompatible Blu-rays incompatible yeah. I forgot about the Blu-ray compatibility issue. I forgot about yeah. That. Uh, I know it does seem like, again, such a weird. Remember weird when Blu-rays used to make you call home? It's like, oh, we've got some active content here. We're going to download some new stuff for you. Yeah, that was. Oh, right. Was yeah, you'd right. get. Uh, but it was, you know what it was? It was just updated trailers. It was basically yeah, like, it was, it was here trash. are actual movies that are really coming out soon. And yeah, we well, they have that problem, right? Because I still have DVDs where if you put them in, I get a trailer yeah. for freaking, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like one of the, uh, <laughs> some Jackie Chan movie right. or something. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> the love bug or something, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's all very weird. Yeah. But, the um, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it, yeah. I, I just, I come away from it again 
feeling like this is a it's to me it's a masterwork and you know Danny Boyle even said in a bunch of these interviews it was really hard I'll never make science fiction again it's it's a rigor and a and a, and a commitment that is not like regular filmmaking it just really wore right. me out I don't want to do this again and that really bums me out because I would love to see what else he could do because I know there's right. more he could do and I'm sad that Once he won't again, I gotta say sunshine the movie I like story all the stuff visuals love great direction to shut up about your movie. <laughs> you don't want to. You, like, you, you don't want him talking about the movie after the fact. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah, shut up about your movie. Okay. Or let me, let me show go. your movie to some people, and right. they find out what they make of it, and then help that, like right. work to make to emphasize that mm-hmm. instead of going and telling people. Well, actually, you know, we didn't. We didn't actually have any idea what the was motivating yeah. this. I'm pretty sure I'm overblowing it, by the way. People are going to be looking up. What did Danny Ball say about <laughs> Yeah, it's not as bad as he said. I'm, look, I'm way blowing it out of proportion. But name, right? okay, you're not suppo- there I are am. not supposed to be good directors who like their own work. If you, if you, if you, right. you tout how much you love your own work, I don't trust you as a director. The only <laughs> true creatives I trust are ones that are like, Ugh, I don't want to look at that again because it, it, it took yeah, too much yeah. time and I see all the flaws and everything else. That's real creativity and people who are not sniffing their own farts. Danny Boyle right. does not sniff his own farts. He's like, oh, that was hard. I don't know if I can do that again. That's what a true creative says. So to me, yeah. hats off to Danny Boyle and go make another one because that was right. Absolutely. And Scott, you brought up my favorite trope in this movie. Oh. And I just love I love this trope so much. <laughs> uh, Starship luxurious um, in oh. in real in reality, the farther away you get from the surface of the earth, the smaller your crew quarters basically like if if you have uh, a ship on the ocean you can have nice big luxury even but even though uh, you can when people board ships they often notice how small everything seems to be and as you get up to planes planes get even smaller and uh, they're getting smaller packing more people in smaller spaces as when you get out into space the living conditions are tiny like you're it's all you only you don't have bedrooms or anything like that japanese hotel pod kind of thing (laughs) right so uh there are some movies though that decide we're going to go the other way we're going to have these huge ships with lots of room and people can have the luxuries of you know the suite at the plaza back in new york city and uh, i just love it i love it when movies do this i will i will never consider it a bad trope and uh they're like uh the flost in paradise is probably the best one the, mm-hmm. the fifth element sure. in my opinion well uh, that thing's they, supposed to be like luxurious but really they're just sticking you in a little sleep pod and saying stay in here this tiny little spot mm-hmm. enjoy mm-hmm. which uh, is we saw it we saw it in jupiter ascending we saw these huge ships yeah um the uh, uh star trek into darkness I don't, I don't know if you remember that but mm. uh there there's uh more than one scene inside the enterprise where suddenly they're in these huge like cavernous rooms mm-hmm. uh i i just i think it's great well, I, I like I, a i like a I mean, I'm a fan of science fiction, no matter what, how you do it. Like you can be closer to realistic, like something like the Martian where they're playing with actual concepts that are possible or, you know, maybe improbable, but possible. And then I like it all the way in the other end in Star Wars or whatever. But, uh, 
Star Wars, I, Star Wars has it both ways, right? Like yeah, the Millennium Falcon ways. is pretty tight, mm-hmm. but then uh, the Imperial Star Destroyers. When you go inside them, like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. That we're in a we're in a freaking uh, hangar, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, right. Let's go back to that for a second. That big long portion of the Icarus, which is like the stem of the thing, mm-hmm. uh, the way that they traverse that because it has gravity. Oh, that's the other thing they didn't explain. Like, if this was the expanse, they would have had some rotational stuff to create. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, gravity, the ship but, would be rotating around, right? Yeah, because you have to. There's no other way to do that. Yeah. But anyway, that's belief. Uh, you're right. But if, the way that they would travel around are these little razor scooters. And 07 was kind of a high point for razor scooters, if my memory <laughs> serves. Would today would they be on those those little uh, hoverboard looking things? The no, not the oh the hoverboards. I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like the little yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're still wheels. I don't know why they call them hoverboards. Right. I, hate that. I know they don't hover, but yeah, yeah they're like segways without a uh, right. You just a, lean uh, forward, steering pole. Yeah, yeah, they're they're basically yeah. old people uh, fail video generators. Is what they are. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time hey, anyone so lean forward, oh, <laughs> middle aged people. Too. Yeah. yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. over anybody over eighteen gets on one of those, and yeah. you know they're gonna fall on their ass. Um, but yeah, Can you like, imagine trying to be in a hurry and riding an uh, electric razor scooter. I just that's not gonna. You're definitely gonna just throw that down. You're not gonna use it. Mm-hmm. You're well, just gonna run. and this Even is, but, but this is the point I want to get to. This is why I think this the, the Danny Boyle's a, ge- a genius director. There's a moment where we first see one of those, and it's Michelle Yeoh hucking down the hall, getting to, to yeah. she's going to the habitat or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's it, because it's Michelle Yeoh, and because we're at a calm point in the story, you're just like, oh, scooters. That's funny. They're getting themselves around in scooters. They got no scooters. But then later, <laughs> when all the shit is breaking loose, most people are dead. And Killian Murphy's just trying to get around the ship so he can get to the next point of like, let's hurry and do this before we all die. Right. They have him on a scooter in the long portion of the ship, but they don't yeah. show the scooter. They do this really tight undershot of him very hurriedly with a ceiling flying past him above him mm-hmm. to make it seem like this very impressive moment. And I said to myself, how stupid does that look if it's the scooter they're showing? Yes, if they show him on a scooter. Yeah, which is my whole thing about the smeary, irradiated quality of every time Mark Strong in bacon form is around. That that effect makes it not stupid. And that, to me, is such a small thing that great directors do. They know when they need to do something to make it seem not stupid. And those are great moments. Like... I'd never but is once it the went. Director, oh, or is that the editor who who fixed that? Did he get a full well, shot and like you know when you have he, to when ask him? It, did I don't the know. editor say? Did the editor say? Oh no, I'm zooming in on that. Yeah, but he doesn't do no that. Way. He doesn't do that without director approval anyway. Those guys sit in the same room and work together. And, yeah, it's a card now. Danny Boyle probably this time probably did get final edit, but yeah, just say. But I, you don't. The directors don't just hand a movie to an editor and say, "See ya." I hope it works out. Like they don't do that. Some do. Who, who does that? Nobody should Nobody <laughs> should do that. I'm done with this crap. Here you go. Edit it. I'm out. <laughs> oh. I mean, I guess if you really, str- if you have an editing partner, if you have an editing partner you really trust or something, I suppose you could do that. Right. I don't think well, anyone does that. I bet Scott, Spielberg's there's... a pain in the ass when you're editing. I, you I, I love Spielberg, but I bet he's a real pain in the ass when you're trying to edit. Hmm. Yes, Spielberg. You think you're just uh, controlling, like hovering, standing over yeah. your shoulder? Totally don't know this. Totally just I don't think you'd be the worst defender. I feel like. I feel like uh, George Lucas 
Um, oh, Nolan yeah. probably would be worse. Do you feel like George Lucas would mumble the whole time? He wouldn't talk yeah, last. Like, yeah, would yeah, you say low talker? Uh, what'd you say? Put a little uh, lightsaber in there and uh, do that. You're all terrible for making fun of directors you don't know. Terrible. <laughs> I bet you the easiest would be Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, just leave that. I don't care. That's yeah, fine. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, oh, I bet it would be fun to do it with Kevin Smith. Though, yeah. So there was actually a scene uh, edited out of this movie where uh, Kappa, so that's uh, Killian Murphy. Uh, explains how they have gravity working in the ship, mm-hmm. and it was it was edited out. And I prefer it that way. I think. Oh, what, right. what was the explanation? I don't need to know. What was it? Oh well, that the bomb itself, you know, this huge bomb, ah, is well, it creates it, gravity. It creates its own oh, gravity. It's so dense. That they yeah. that the the ship is structured in a way that manipulates that. So, uh, so there is something to that. And originally, the original uh, script had the bomb being more of a highly, highly like super compressed uh, dark matter thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. That that and the concept was that, and and then and this theory holds. I mean, if you can take enough matter and compress it enough, you could create artificial gravity because it's not really artificial. Right. You're just creating a but, you know. But can't move the Earth closer to the sun. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you're forgetting about the rest of the solar system all that stuff is yeah. in, in sync you'd screw it all up you'd have like one of oh, jupiter's no, moons would fly off and blow something up and exactly we can't even have this discussion you're calling me an idiot all right <laughs> i love it did any of you while watching this movie did any of you think about how the hardest place to go in the solar system is the sun like the yeah the, yeah because no, yeah. of the earth's momentum getting to the sun is like the one impossible mission. Yeah, but right. I, but again, they distract you real well with this giant gold dish that is the most important thing to always keep out in front. <laughs> you know, like right, never, right. never not right. be behind the dish. And somehow, uh, what that, could go wrong? Let's just we're gonna lose com three and four. What could possibly go everything? Everything. Yeah. But when he Morons. goes up there, when when uh, Kanet is up there and he's trying to hurry up and finish the fourth thing, and then he's just not enough time to get off the surface of the thing. There's plenty of room in there. That just, was badass looking though. It was yeah. like a it tidal cool. wave of sun coming at him. It looked so cool. It was all very cool. But all I could think of is there's plenty of room for him to get inside that little area. Just what? crawl in there. Why would you it's design? Why would you why would you design it so that it had to be maintained from the outside? You would right. you would design it so that you could maintain it from the inside, right? Well, no, consi- but yes, but the things that broke should never have broken. That's why it was such a devastating thing for Wong's character because he miscalculated and broke a thing that will never break right. in any other scenario. Like there's it, I the other thing too was the was the inconsistency of the arguments with the ship computer. It's like I was like, "Oh yeah, we can tell you to to suck it." But then sometimes Chippo Chung says, no, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the mistake that damaged some panels shouldn't have been possible. Like the computer right. should have should have caught it. But it's just like I say, it's just, don't go there too far. There's mm-hmm. there's way, yeah. way, way too many things, especially the prominence of the sun, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is played with fast and loose in this movie. Like we we literally get to see Killian Murphy right up against the yeah. surface of the, sun. the wave right. of the sun. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is what, two years after Killian Murphy's take on the scarecrow in Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. So I, I do that. I back. I have that backwards in my head. It's all it's all flipped to me. He did this first. Yeah, then, that's what yeah. I would have. I felt like this was going to be super like a, early, early yeah. stuff for him. But I guess we'd already seen Wait. him in. Uh, no, he was he was in 2007 with Sunshine. Then Dark Knight, Scarecrow's 2008, right? No, no he was, he was in 
Batman not Dark Knight begins. Begins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was the main villain in Begins. If you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And then a throwaway in Dark Knight. Yeah. Exactly. Just. I hate you in the Dark Knight. It yeah. made him such a joke. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> well, they had the Joker. They had uh, you know kind yeah. of joke in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, my first viewing of him was his man wiener in Twenty Eight Days Later. So <laughs> more man wiener this week. That was the first <laughs> first man wiener I'd seen of of, of Killian wiener. Murphy. Now I've never seen his wiener since or before, but mm-hmm. we did get to see it in 2003s or whatever it was i don't remember when that movie came out but yeah he's laying in the bed woke up to the zombie apocalypse and he's laying there with his wiener out and uh that's what what you You gotta commit yeah he didn't have to commit which which thank goodness because if not for that we wouldn't probably wouldn't have gotten the Shaun of the dead that we got a couple years later thank you yeah and it's still and it's still uh that that shot of him with his man wiener still makes us confused on whether he pronounces his name with a soft c or a hard c (laughs) (laughs) good call I saw that coming a mile away, but I still yeah, really enjoyed it. I know you did. I know. I still really I got, enjoyed it. But I got on my Razor scooter and went right along with you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. This is good Nothing stuff. Wrong with it. Did anybody else, uh, when Chris or Chris Evans is starting to freeze to death, I kept yelling flame on. Did anyone do that? Cause uh, like, that's hilarious. I didn't put that together. Like, dude, just turn no, on fire. I, I can't think of him as Human Torch anymore. He's, he's, yeah, he's is, Captain America. He's not. And that, and that bothered me because they kept calling him Kappa, and I'm like, Kappa? Aren't you Captain? Yeah. No, remember, Cap- this Captain is how many Ryan years? Ryan. This is how many years before Captain America first the first Avenger? This is like oh my God. seven years, eight, I don't know what it is. Uh, something like that. Let's see. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Uh, t- uh, it was a while. It was a while. And then and he had just done in 05, he had just done the last uh the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. So it was like mm-hmm. that's who this guy is, and that's all I knew him from. And I remember at the time seeing this and going, Oh, he's he can do other stuff. He's not just some yeah. and the- Guy. And I was confused that this was even way before a Scott Pilgrim. I thought that was uh, um, early 2000s, but that was 2010. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I always think little... of Scott Pilgrim as is earlier too, but it's yeah. it's not. Partly, partly it's like it's when you see Chris Evans' physique and at what stage is it at? It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> is it normal? Is it's just like Chris Pratt, right? Is it, is right? Is yeah, it yeah. phone? Are we looking at Chris? Parks and Recreation, Chris Pratt, or right. Star Lord, Chris Pratt? Right. Nice. Chris Evans before Chris Evans became a beefcake was, you know, a pretty thin dude, a good-looking yeah. guy, you know, always whatever. But mm-hmm. he was just kind of thin. Then you get him Captain America up, and it's like, holy freaking shit, that guy! And I right. don't. And now I, it's I was where was I saying this? Was it was with, with one of you on some show? Oh, no, it was with John on Core. We had this discussion about when I came around on Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, and it took me a while, I have to admit. I think it took me until Winter Soldier for me to truly accept him for who he was going to be in the MCU, and now I can't see it any other way. But at the yeah. time, there was a number of factors involved. One was Johnny Storm. One was just seeing him in other stuff and just didn't expect him to be Steve Rogers. But the big one was that shit suit they gave him in the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what the frick are you doing? You just had the most <laughs> awesome... Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger suits from the 40s, from the war, right? Those amazing Those Captain sweet. America stuff. And then you bring him in here and you give him blue freaking long underwear to wear. <laughs> that was terrible. It terrible. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's it it's like the comics. The The first issues have really goofy costumes and then the, the costumes get better and better looking as you go through. But the everyone else looked great. He looked, he, he stood out. I, I argue, bad. I think Thor kind of looked dokey. Really? Thor looks way better now than he did in that. I don't know what Doki is, but I'm writing that one down. (laughs) Yeah, it's very Doki. Yeah, look at Thor. 
look at Thor in the Avengers movie and then look at Thor in like uh, Ragnarok or, or Did you say Endgame. Doki because it rhymes with Loki or is it just Oh no, I didn't even think about that. No, I use Doki all the time as like <laughs> as uh, Hinky or Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I appreciate I appreciate this tra- transition, Scott, because like I'm like you when they first put uh, Chris Evans forward and especially when they made the backstory where he's all emaciated um, I was just like, oh, I, there's got to be somebody better to play this role. Mm. And uh, I don't remember who I wanted at the time. Like, who was who was the – I'm sure that I had names in mind of people right. who would look like my idea of what Captain America looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's probably the mistake as an audience of complainers. Um, yeah. Don't care too much about what people look like. Yeah. Uh, I think, what, yeah. how they sound, how they, how they emote and so on is so much more important. And that's where, that's yeah. where he won me over, over time. That's where, that's where he got yeah. me. And by the time Winter Soldier rolled around, I was like, dude, this is, this is my captain. This is the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans has earned, earned everything that I feel for him. Yeah. He really mm-hmm. has. Yeah. He's Those awesome. Years. Now we haven't talked about Rose Byrne. I know that Ibit and I uh, oh, think highly of her. We like her a lot. Yes. She's a uh, great in lots of things. Well, me she and has, Randy uh, have a take too. No. She was, <laughs> she was, uh, really, me and Randy hate her. She was, uh, she was re- really good in the sequel to 28 days later, 28 weeks later, which I love yeah. by the way, I think weeks is better than days, even though it's mm-hmm. not Danny Boyle and it's whatever, but it's really good. Anyway, she's great in just about everything she's in. And I really like her in this because I'm re- I'm still not sure what she's good at except getting people in and out of those suits. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, in this movie, yeah, she's uh, isn't she a pilot or because uh, she spends a lot of time at the um, helm talking to the, the helm. Our, yeah, but it might just the be the easiest place to <laughs> the easiest place to talk. She'll, you know, she's always going to be Moira McTaggart for me. But uh, right, she does really good at playing. Her. The straight man on a, a you know a, a ship of of crazies, kinda, and I kind of yeah. hated how yeah. she just you know she just they kind of ignored her for a little bit and let her show up in the uh, you know on the payload. She was just kneeling on the payload, and I'm like, oh, that's no good. But if you've ever seen the show Damages, you would do yourself well to see it. She's amazing mm. on that show. Um, mm. She's just something about Rose Byrne, always yeah. good, and I loved God, her. This was so many years before like four years before bridesmaids which is where i first noticed yeah. her even though we all saw her in episode two attack of the clones as uh one of padme's uh, uh decoys yeah i don't remember that I, we got a lot of we got uh, famous people out of those decoys pretty crazy in this movie made me realize that we're not having a golden globes this year are we no. i just take it well it never crossed my mind until are, i'm watching it just, sunshine it'll be streaming and there's rose Byrne, and i'm like oh she's so gonna win some golden globes for uh uh mrs america mm-hmm. uh no no we're not having no. a golden globe i think and i think we're having them they're just not it's just streamed and that sort of thing yeah i know we're gonna we're gonna have oscars why couldn't we have golden globes yeah, this especially when tv uh, TV was able to do some things still this year that uh, we couldn't do in theaters. Stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I it's, it's like I was like, what else got canceled yesterday? I'm watching Sunshine and I'm like, oh, we didn't have a rose parade this year on the first of January. There was no, there was no tournament of roses with the big parade. Oh, that here, happens. In, here, here oh, it is. Sorry, so, I just I got confirmation. Seventy eighth annual Golden Globes, February twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. 
Uh, it's also happens to be the day the Oscars were scheduled to air originally, but that got bumped mm. to April 25th. The joke's on them. There's no 20th of February this year. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are teaming up to host again. How the rest of it looks, I don't know. Who knows? They're I'm just c- so sick of seeing people on Zoom. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. On the news, on, you know, just, <laughs> oh, let's. Yeah, yeah the, Emmys, the Emmys was great. Like, I really enjoyed the Emmy Awards show. But the flipping around to different people in their different uh-huh. compounds, mm-hmm. like it got well, real old real fast. I kind of like seeing Zendaya's living room and uh, or Zendaya, yeah, yeah. I guess you got to pronounce it. And uh, th- there's actually some kind of I complain about Zoom, but it's kind of funny seeing. Oh, is that Don yeah. Cheadle's bookcase? It's, what books does really he have in weird. there? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really weird because you like we all have this terrible misconception that anybody who's ever been on TV or the movies is like uber rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And every yeah. time I see their houses, I'm like, well, that looks like an ordinary house. They have that <laughs> same Ikea bookcase. I have, right. I don't think you have, and you have the Eugene Levy clan who are oh, apparently yeah. all hold up in a, in a resort comp. I hold up at a, at a, a <laughs> golf course country club, I think yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just like, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I just want, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that I'm really, really tired of Zoom TV, and I'm tired of Zoom news. I'm tired of Zoom late shows. Oh my yeah. god! I, I don't. Yeah. Wa- I, I can't watch late shows anymore. I just, I, I won't watch it. Some I'm, of them, I'm some of gonna. them are just so hard to. I feel like the the real world has had to grapple with the limitations and problems we as podcasters and streamers have had for all these years. And we figured out a ways around it. I mean, basically, what are we doing right now? We're using remote audio yep. to make a show, and it's just secondhand for us. I think the only, right? I think the only person who has really thrived in the talk show arena during this time has been John Oliver. I think he's actually better. He he swung somewhere. into it with the whole John yeah. Oliver coming to you from a white void inside the blah 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 blah. Yeah, he's, he's doing very it right. good at it. I think that Trevor Noah struggles a little bit. Uh, on his yeah. own without an audience i think he's really funny otherwise but i think he he looks well part of it is he's wearing sweatshirts and his hair's crazy and i and it just doesn't feel like <laughs> yeah. anyone's trying kind of <laughs> right. i get this feeling mm-hmm. that nobody's trying over there um yeah. but then uh somebody else i saw the other day that I, that I actually enjoyed oh and i don't even really like him that much but seth um Seth, oh, Myers. Myers. Seth Myers, 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 who doesn't really do it for me in most cases. I actually, think he's doing all right with his setup. It's yeah, he does. He does okay too. Because okay. you know, he did the uh, the news desk, which is kind of weekend update stuff. Yeah. yeah, he he does for me. He does uh, better in this format of like little bite sized YouTube video kind of things that right. he did on his on the, the the his late his late night show. Yeah, I'd much rather watch. The snippets of that then watch the full episode of yeah, his yeah. night show now the one i can't watch which bums me out because i really like him but i can't watch stephen colbert right now because yeah. it feels like i'm yeah, having he's... a conversation a really serious conversation with my uncle in a closed room somewhere it's yeah, like yeah, a... it's not, yeah i don't think i don't think that format works well for him yeah i think he needs uh, to have a he needs an audience live audience yeah places get he's getting kind of angry yeah, he's getting he's super angry Although, which is fine maybe he'll but i think we're all angry i don't need for you to be up here when i'm already here you know yeah so i can't even yeah. see you right now but i know what you're doing yeah. with your hand but, but you yeah. can feel it you can yeah. feel yeah. it right i can, feel, I can feel, feel, feel your hands moving and i know exactly <laughs> where they are um all right one quick note of a trivia that we didn't get to yet uh the sounds they used from space were actual sounds that midwestern university uh captured when they do their because they, they have a big program there where they capture interstellar noise mm-hmm. okay. so that stuff was real he wanted that stuff to feel really legitimate uh, it was also uh, a year spent in pre-production 
and then they filmed for three months and then a year editing and working on special uh, visual effects. That's kind of unusual for a film of this size that only ended up on what uh, Fox searchlight pictures. It wasn't like a major mm-hmm. release or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was also the last film that Danny Boyle shot entirely on film uh, since then or after that, it was all digital all the time until huh. today. So well, it looks amazing, including his Oscar good. stuff. If, like, if you, if you do it in film, uh, you can up-res a lot of times. So what, what was his, uh, what, what did he win an Oscar for after this? It was right oh, after Slumdog, this. Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> and that was the yeah. very next thing he did the next year. Oh, um, wow. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Slum. And that was all digital. After that one, 27 hours, he ended Shai-wala. up I'm trying to think what he's done that I, oh, that Steve Jobs movie. I never saw it. Oh, did you, did you, did you do the one with, uh, with Fassbender with, with Magneto? Yeah. The Magneto one. Yeah. Okay. Um, written by, that's that the one really written good. by Aaron Sorkin. I, not Icon. Jobs. It was just called Jobs. Yeah. Wait, Steve Jobs. Wait, which one's this one? Which is the one that, that had the uh, dude, where's my car in it? Oh, that was Ashton Kutcher is in the 2013 movie called Jobs. Okay, the 2015. The okay, Fastbender is Steve Jobs. Yeah, Jobs is just. And which one was uh, Icon? Oh, uh, <laughs> I forgot about Icon. Is that did that ever that got made? Do better at naming your movies. <laughs> Thought it did. Did it not? I don't know. Ooh, he's making a movie right now called Methuselah. It's in post production. Let's see what this is about. Action adventure story centered around Oldest a thousand man year old ever, man. Yeah. Right. Oh. Well, I guess Icon never got made. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh. oh, I'm starting to see movies show up on IMDb that says abandoned. Ooh, that just yeah. feels so <gasps> abandoned. abandoned. That's always yeah. been true, though. Like that. I was reading the other day that chess thing that's on Netflix. Everyone loves uh, Queen's Gambit mm-hmm. was in production hell for 45 years. 45. Nice. Really? I wow. was five years old when that guy first started pitching that thing. And he's been at it ever since and eventually he'd given up and then finally this deal comes through and he's like i don't even know if this is gonna work and it's like this oh, hugely crazy. heralded thing so you never God, know man so there's something too. floating out there that we don't even know about yet that's like been in hell and it's gonna finally come out we're all gonna lose our minds it's gonna be great that should okay. be the next the, thing you watch too is uh queen's Gambit. but it's so good the, the book came out in 83 so maybe 35 years oh i thought i hmm. i heard the guy on npr maybe i heard the number wrong that's still that's a lot that is a lot. Years. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh-huh. I'm just going to go ahead and say that's that's a lot. <laughs> say it. Say it. Scott. I'm say, say it. it. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, Rose Byrne, just as a side note, she was the awesome uh, robot voice of the mom robot in I Am Mother, the cool. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. She was great in that. Oh, that movie's yeah. good. That's another good movie. And by the way, I do think that there's a lot of science fiction stuff out there now that is very multicultural and interesting in that regard. It's just not movie theater movies as much as they used to be. It's like the expanse is an incredible multifaceted, uh, series full of, of different cultures and types. And well, yeah, look at, um, away, which sadly got canceled, but, um, that has a really great multicultured, uh, cast in it and midnight sky with George Clooney. Also another, Oh, recent, right. Uh, we just saw that. That's right. That's another yeah. one of those movies where I don't think that movie, that movie's like two movies. It is two movies for sure. But yeah. I don't regret seeing it because it's got these mm-hmm. bits and these pieces that we're talking about today that I just love that exploration. Just more mm-hmm. concepts and more difficult science fiction needs to be made, even if they're not perfect. I just want more of it. And I want yeah. people like Denise Villeneuve to make it all. I want Alex yes. Garden, Garland to write it all. Um, 
and, and go ahead and do like that new the aliens tv show they're working on for fx with josh holly mm-hmm. dude i couldn't be more excited wait josh holly mm-hmm. josh Noah Holly. Noah Holly. Josh Holly's that a hole senator and needs to freaking take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Oh my god. We like Noah Holly. We yeah. hate Josh Holly. Yeah. Come down, John. I mean, come on down. Come on. <laughs> I'm coming so, down, Brian. I'm coming down. You need I'm to be down. here. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I just real, real quick, we've we've touched on literally every uh actor in this movie except one. Uh, let's let's just make sure we uh mention Mark Strong, who plays Pinbacker. Mm-hmm. Mark Strong is my favorite thing right now. Like he's great. He has just had such a amazing career after Sunshine. Uh, he was the if if you if you don't know the name right off the top of your head, he was the bad guy in Shazam last year. Oh yeah. Uh, and oh man, he's he was kick in Kick Ass, bad guy in Kick Ass. He's the bad guy in the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, Sherlock Holmes thing they made. Um, he, plays, he plays a lot of loud, angry bald men mm-hmm. he's great, great. kingsman movies oh yeah he's good in those he's good mm-hmm. in uh um uh there's a okay there's a warhammer 40k video game like 10 years old now called i guess it was just called space marine anyway he played the main space marine in that and if you follow 40k stuff at all you know how sort of gothic and serious self-serious it is it's a lot of ezekiel find my flank we will be done with these and all hail the emperor king this kind of bullshit He's great in that. Mark Strong gives an amazing VO uh, performance in the video game Space Marine, which is free on Game Pass if you have Microsoft's oh. Game Pass Ultimate. I All right. Uh, I think. I haven't actually haven't double-checked that. I don't know. <laughs> um, does also, really can we have a oh, lot? Go ahead. Does it really have a lot of a role in Sunshine? Like, the all Pinbacker's main... Uh, you know, thing is that you don't see him, right? You don't yeah. hear him. You you only get bits and pieces, and and you what you know is kind of what other people are saying and experiencing. He's, he's basically like a sizzling in twenty twenty. Uh, you know, you remember <laughs> him, but uh, you can't find him anywhere. <laughs> oh my god! Ever ever thought about a sizzling and like uh, I don't know. 35 years, same, years. <laughs> same time it took to get Queen's Gambit made. That's a long time ago. Wow. <laughs> that was also going to be part of my intro was calling him a sizzling. That's really good. It, it reminds me of that too. That's a good point. He's uh, but I mean, what you do hear of him and see of him is very, very, he's the right guy for this role. Like a hundred percent, the right guy to pick. He has this moment where they have this six and a half year old, uh, transmission where he's clearly gone crazy, but he's not all burnt up yet. And they pause it at the point where the where the signal's breaking up and it's just his eye kind of flickering eye, around and going yeah. so cool like it sets mm. him up to be such a weirdo and it's the biggest hitch in the movie for most people most people's biggest complaint is this movie turns like Randy said earlier it turns into well what the hell's Freddy Krueger doing in my in my space movie <laughs> but i don't see it that way i see it as right. this really great way of saying the sun had this allure. You guys were all headed down the same path. You just didn't know it. Um, that kind of psychosis is just a few steps away. And 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 it needed an injection of space madness of, oh, my gosh, I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, see, and see, for me, there there's an actual religious story here. There's this whole layer of the sun is a god and Mercury is a god and these are people, these are mortal people who are being uh, used by these gods to uh, do whatever those gods' yeah, purposes see, that's cool are. Too. And, that's a cool take. 
like that. Yeah, don't don't read anything afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's our main thrust of this entire episode. Enjoy is yourself. Watch yeah. this movie and don't learn anything else about it. Right, right, right. Danny yeah. Boyle not famous for talking about his themes. things in positive lights after he's done with them. This is true of most of his right. movies. So, and by the way, just an, I always I'd love a chance to tell people to see it. But if you've never seen Millions, uh, oh, I have it. That might be overall. I am. Uh, it's hard. This is hard to say, so I'm not going to give it favorite status. But man, Millions is an amazing Danny Boyle film that anybody of any age can see, but you still get all the Boyleisms that you like and amazing this, child performances. It's a wonderful film. Billions. This is came an, out in millions, 2004, right? which was uh, a few minutes after all the straight to videotape stuff. But it looks like a videotape movie. And you say millions? Oh hell no! It's a it's an amazing movie. It is it is on Disney Plus. So maybe I'll roll into that after I watch the second first uh, second episode of Wandavision. Yeah, mm. if you don't see, oh, millions, you didn't watch the two back to back. Oh, of course not. Yeah, what really I got I got to pace myself. This is what's really great. Millions is wedged right in between Twenty Eight Days Later, one of the most intense, violent, you know, zombie mm-hmm. takes ever. And then Sunshine, this thing, which is an intense, violent take on space stuff. And then right in the middle is this wonderful film that I'm not kidding. You can have your five-year-old watch it. It's a wonderful movie. Millions is amazing. I love it. Listen to the head, this, this setting. Ethics, being, uh, being human and the soul come together in the forefront when a seven-year-old finds a bag of, uh, a bag of pounds, it means money, uh, this is a British kid, <laughs> <It's money. laughs> uh, just days before the currency is switched to euros, and learns what it is really made of. And it's an amazing, it's just amazing. You have to see, you have to see millions. Has anyone Ash here money, seen it? money, a bunch it? of morons. Am I the only one that's seen millions? <laughs> mm, I haven't I, seen I've never even heard of this movie. Oh my it, gosh. Me either. I love it. I, love I take it. that back. I think I have seen this. This is the one with No, I've, the, seen, I've seen this movie. Hold on a second. I'm pulling it up. Oh, that I think maybe kid. I have seen this thing. You have you? You looking at the? I'm uh, looking. A- I'm looking. Waiting to like see if there's something in here that I'm recognizing. Was this um, uh, kids in the in their tents and they find oh. a bunch of money? Yep. No, because I'm thinking. You know what I'm confusing it with? There was one with that Freddie Highmore, oh. where they found a bunch of money. Yeah, different movie. Yeah, but they found <laughs> millions of dollars and. Yeah, and that's what I'm guarantee. That's always the conundrum, right? It's, it's a it's a it's a question we always ask. What would you do if you mm-hmm. found the money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking well, of which, go out and buy your Powerwall tickets today. Oh yeah, what is it? Seventy four billion dollars or something? Right. I don't. Is it billion? Wow. Is it million? Is it billion? I can't. I can't I don't keep know. track. I don't it's know. a lot of money. Uh, is it billions? The Powerball today. Always. I guess it's one and a half billion if you win both the Mega Millions and the Powerball. Right. It's one I always like the idea dollars. that I can't be bothered with just a couple of millions. I don't get excited until it gets way up there. It's like, <laughs> right, exactly. who's going to take it? I'm now. Yeah. So it is. It is actually Mega Millions. Mega Millions is eight hundred and fifty million. Ooh. Wow. I'm actually slightly annoyed that you guys haven't seen Millions to the point that I'm going to tell everyone <laughs> listening and you guys, all of you, to find Millions and make it make it a thing you see. We should just do it for Film Sack. You can if you want. I I love that movie and anyone talks any smack about it, I'll have to murder them. That's it done. is uh, right now streaming on Disney Plus. Yes, yeah, so yeah. no excuse. I think we should see millions. 
<laughs> is it is it sackable though? It sounds like it's really good. It's just really great, heartfelt, but funny. Hey, you know we do good movies authentic. too. Authentic. Well, I know we do, but We're it's doing not one today. a matter of a good or bad movie. It's is it is, interesting? Is there material well, how about this? to rip? To you know what? Hold on. Ibit, Ibit touched on something we got to talk say. about. Ibit touched on something we got to talk about real quick. Lately, of the, I want to say the last month or so, I've had to field this question multiple times with listeners. And we got to figure out a better way to explain it to people because it makes a really good yeah. point. The sackability of a film is is not simply, oh, it's about it's killer clowns in outer film. space or whatever. It can't yeah. be that. It has to be something else. So what is it? Why why would a movie like uh, Almost Famous and a movie like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, why how could they occupy a similar space? There is a there is a way to define that. We got to figure out a way to do it because what happens otherwise is people go, "Oh, your sack and sunshine. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I hope you guys aren't dicks." Like, well, no, it, we're not yeah. in automatic <laughs> dick mode. We're in it's, like it's uh, action, sci-fi, fantasy films that have some sort of cultural impact or significant cast that that gives Slow us the down material and write to. It. Oh, we're gonna write this Actually, up for real we're gonna make a manifesto and do it yeah i wrote this in 2011 like we we've talked about this on the show before i wrote this out in 2011 uh a film sack film is a movie that the four of us so it's specific to us us four people mm-hmm. us uh recognize as something that we would like to watch or watch again because we're interested in whether or not it has changed for us or how it looks nowadays compared to how it uh, appeared back then uh, when it came out. There's, I mean, like, it's just this real simple thing. Like, there's not a, there's not there's a lot more, going no, on no, there. There's more to yeah. it than that. I can't explain it. I'm going to, I'm actually going to write a little something up that's like, um, it's not to, it's not to fend off these emails. I just want people to understand because our passion for this stuff isn't about, oh, that movie looks dumb. It's not like that. And it's also not, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that movie's my favorite. Therefore, I'm going to make sure we watch my favorite movie. It's not that either. Like, I don't even know how sackable. My favorite movie the last 20 okay. years is Mad Max Fury Here. Road, but it's not that sackable. Not when, yet. When I, look at the, when I look at the description of Millions and I watched a trailer, I'm like, I don't think we could sack this because I don't think there's an interesting twist to talk about it. However, right next to it is Blank Check about a kid mm. who writes, fills in a million dollars for a blank check. Sign me up. That sounds like mm-hmm. shit to me. But, exactly. but maybe it's sackable. Uh, that's not the, uh, not Fred Savage. Who's the kid? Malcolm in the Middle, dude. Um, oh. Uh, I don't think it was. No. It's it's not him? Has, I don't okay. think it was. Uh, no. Didn't have any of those people. It has Tone Loke. How's that? Does that start? Does that <laughs> Sold. See? That that almost should be like in the uh, the amendments to our, right. our show. If it's got Tone Loke. Yeah. Popular culture. So there you go. Yeah, if, he's, yeah. if his funky Back cold Medina is being played in the soundtrack. Right. Us up, we're in. Yeah, I don't know. It's something we'd have to think about, but I just yeah, feel... Yeah, absolutely. Those are the easy ones. The ones that are mm-hmm. popular culture that, you know, that angle is easy to hit. And I always, did, I always use these fearful emails that are yeah, like, oh my gosh, you guys are watching my favorite movie. I'm so scared. What you're, I may not be able to listen. I'm like, just listen. It's not... We're not here to... You know, if unless it's <laughs> obvious, if you give us something we like... We love movies. Yeah, we love movies. <laughs> we love movies. Movies are great. I'm having an existential crisis with this. I'm going to have to figure it out. All right. Well, let's go outside and stare at the sun for about 12 hours. Let's do it. How you feel, let's man. do it. Yeah. I'll do it like that guy from Walking Dead or Fear. I must be Dead. thinking of Agent Cody Banks. You are Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> Agent Cody Blank. <laughs> he didn't. He, 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 Wait blank a minute. check. 
playing Blank Cody Banks. Banks. I'm trying oh, to think yeah. of a it movie. Doesn't take... I'm trying to think of a movie I've never seen, and it's definitely Cody by that Cody Agent Banks. Cody oh, Banks. Did, you see, yeah. did you see the second one? No, I didn't see any of those. <laughs> did you see the sequel? Yeah, yeah, of course. No. It could be Big Fat Liar too that I might be thinking. That's about. that. That might be good, Paul. Uh, Giamatti. Uh, Giamatti. Yeah. yeah, he's is he blue in that for <laughs> some reason? Giamatti. Like you say he... Giamatti. Are you Nicole Spagnolo? Who are you? Del Monte. Maybe. What? Del Monte. Del Monte. <laughs> Giamatti. It's G- it's Giamatti. Giamato. <laughs> Tomato. You say Giamatti. I say Giamato. Hey, hey, there are people on the Film Sack Discord. It's not just me who has a problem with the pronunciation of the name. Yeah, that's hey, right. I can say Zoe versus Zooey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. But you're right. I think I was the person who started the Zooey trend because it, it's two O's <laughs> instead of the usual Z-O-E for her name. So I said, I think she pronounces it yeah. Zooey. Yeah. Yes, she does. I'm saying it the way she says it. She the way says Zooey? She says yes. Zooey. She pronounces it Zooey de Chanel. Yes. Really? How to say, I'm going to see what the internet says. How to say okay. Zooey. Right. Not that I don't trust you guys. I realize. See, I my, really my, mistake is, my mistake is going on the film sec discord in the first place. I should <laughs> not, not even look there. All right. Oh, right. Find them all wretched hive of scum and vinegar. Let's hear it right here. We got a YouTube video. Supposedly this is uh, legitimate. Here we go. Hit and play. Oh, that lady says Zoe. Hold on. Oh, really? We can't hear it. We'll, we'll take Oh, you didn't hear it? it? Shit. No. Sorry, that's my bad. Let me make it so you can hear it. I was in the movie Elf. It's pronounced <laughs> Zoe. Okay, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Zoe de Chanel. <laughs> Zoe de Chanel. Wait, wait, wait. Who, is, who is saying that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what bathroom is she in? Because it sounds like she needs to get out. Here's how, yeah. here's how uh, a random woman in Russia says Zooey de Chanel. Yeah. I want to hear her tell me. You know, yeah, like, there's got to be a video where she talks about her name. Like some, I don't need it. I have read interview. Jordan who okay. has seen it. I found it. Uh, oh, no. Katy Perry apologize. Oh, yeah, I don't want that. Okay. Zoe Deschanel. Oh, here we go. I got one for you. Ready? All I'm right. giving you a link. Give okay. it. Stick it in there. Let's play it. I'm playing and giving it to you. Give me Zip, 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 Oops. Okay. It's weird. It's weird. That's all I see is that sizzling ad. Okay. There we go. All right. I'm hitting play. Let's see what we get. Have we talked about your oh, name in the quiet. past? I don't want to beat this to death, but have we talked about it? My first or my last? Both. Let's start with the first. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, I've seen Zoe spelled other ways. Yes. This is spelled. So have I. It looks like Zooey. Right. It looks like Zooey. Sounds like Zoe. That's right. Yeah. Oh. oh, so it sounds like Zoe. Here we go. Looks I like Zooey. Oh, sounds like Zoe. It. She spells it Zooey. <laughs> she does spell it like gooey with a Z. <laughs> I, yeah. hope, I hope our listeners didn't just turn their volume way, way, way no, no, up. I'll, and, don't worry. Right, I'll have it all. It'll all be equalized. Post. I'd run this thing through a leveler thing at the end. So thanks David Letterman for finally getting to the heart of that argument. Yeah. No kidding. Also, when she says, um, how do you like your mashed potatoes? Oh, I like them. Very goey. Make some goey mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, she spells it goey, but she says, <laughs> she who's says your favorite goey. character on friends? Oh, I like Jewy. Yeah. Jewy. Feels <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Jewy always wrong. made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and his spinoff Don't series. Think it's wrong. Dewey? <laughs> uh, it sounds like it's wrong, but it's not. Right. Hey, guys, popping in here to talk about my good friends over at Raycon. Really, really like Raycon. Every new year, all you hear about is new year, new me, right? 
most years anyway. That usually means you're, I don't know, picking up better habits or trying new things and maybe taking up a new hobby, something like that. It's even better when you have amazing audio that will make that experience even better. You're going to go to the gym, maybe have some really good earbuds to listen to your music, to keep you motivated, to keep you gym in it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's why we've teamed up with Raycon. We've recommended wireless earbuds from Raycon before. We're doing it again. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare at buyraycon.com slash filmsack. Whether it's following along to instructions in the kitchen to get your stuff done, to make a rad new uh, uh, cooking thing you're making. That sounds like I really know what I'm talking about in the kitchen, doesn't it? Or maybe you're just binging an audiobook or learning how to knit. Are you just working out? Are you trying to stay pumped up in your car while you're waiting for traffic? Well, there's never been a better time to grab Raycon. Raycon makes great sound accessible to anybody. Their wireless earbuds start, if I could talk, at half the price of other premium audio brands. And guess what? You think you've uh, had some white stems dangling out of your ears and uh, that makes you look weird? Well, it's not just you. That's something you don't have to worry about with Raycons. They come in a range of stylish colorways and always with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. And they don't just look good. They sound great. They perform wherever you take them. Up to six hours of playtime, water and sweat-resistant construction, and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. I can can, can, uh, attest to that. So, it's a brand new year. Get it done. And uh, check them out. They're awesome. I have my pair sitting right here. I sit next to my desk. I take them when I take the dogs out. I run with them. I use them on the treadmill. I watch movies with them. I pair them on my iPad, my phone, whatever I need. They're there for me. So, you've heard me say all this before. If you don't have a pair of Raycons by now, I gotta wonder why. Alright, buy Raycon today. Raycon's offering you 15% off all their products. And here's what you've gotta do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash filmsack. And that's it. You'll get 15% off your entire order at Raycon. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash filmsack. That's buyraycon.com slash filmsack. Um, all right, let's get to some sound clips. They're uh, they're not that plentiful, honestly, because the, the movie's mostly good actors doing really good dialogue. But I did capture a few, and uh, I'm going to share them with you here today. Here, for example, is one about the computer being cool. Hey, Chris. Yes, Dr. Searle. Please refilter the observation room portal. Mm, I'm about to lose my mind and look at the sun too long. Mm. Definitely, definitely <laughs> channeling some 2001 yeah uh, how they're trying yeah. to talk like that he's been pretty vocal uh the stuff i did read about boyle's comments about the film he's been looks yeah. pretty vocal yeah. about the uh the Influence. the inspiration because there's a bunch yeah. Yeah. like this aliens he mentioned he mentioned um oh, one, one, one. I forgot. Mm-hmm. there's a little Him and chris evans watched uh some old uh movie about uh transporting explosives i believe oh really yeah, what and that's it? that's kind of the crux of what he wanted. He wanted that 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 feeling of mm. you know you're riding a bomb. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not like that guy that what's that old '40s thing or tw- uh, silent movie where the guy's riding a bomb. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it might it's be the not one. Silent. You're it's uh, no, it's um, how I learned to love the bomb. Uh, 
love. Oh, Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange love. Right. But it's not yeah, a not silent that film, and and, right. uh, and that that writing a bomb is only like thirty seconds of. Uh, you know what I've done? I've, I've, I've mixed it up with that old silent movie where the where the rocket goes into the oh, eye of the moon. Oh, the moon's moon's yeah. eye. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what that's called. Oh, you mean uh, you mean that Smashing Pumpkins video? Yeah, the that Smashing was. Pumpkin <laughs> video. Yes, Voyage de la Luna, whatever it's called, oh. the Voyage to the Moon. Still pretty weird thing to see. All right, Japan guys, rad. I wrote the solo wind reading is much higher than we'd anticipated at this distance. Dude, if I was a lady, I'm telling you. <laughs> this Aren't guy you, though? I, this guy i feel like isolating these clips so far has has really done a disservice to the movie I, mm-hmm. i'm curious if we're gonna if we're gonna hear any dialogue that's like exciting well it's early in the movie yet like this was just at the breakfast table so we got a lot left to go so here we go here's here's an excess of manliness we have an excess of manliness breaking out in the comm center yeah there's an excess of manliness in there don't go in there Hey, this Gerald. is about as exciting as the movie gets. <laughs> I'm confused right now. Oh my gosh, this was such an exciting movie. And this it is, yeah, like I know. But this is part visually. of what I love about it. Tonally, yeah. they're going so, for this like right. quiet vibe. It's low key. Yeah. Not low key, but low key. Which is very is there, 2001. Or is it Lukey? <laughs> yeah, Lukey. It's very 2001. So I'm, you know, that's where you see it. A lot of that tone. All right, here's your old pal Benedict Wong. Yes. I I need to look at all of this pretty carefully. Very carefully. But if I had to make a guess right now, I'd say we could adjust our trajectory. We could fly straight to them. But we're not going to do that. Because I'm Chris Evans. And because you guys I'll are all forget psychos. about the angles. Yeah. And they were all going to die. <laughs> yeah. God, that so feels like something I would do, too. It's like, all right, I've yeah, done all these yeah. calculations, figured out. Sweet. I've gone and changed things. Oh, crap. Forgot Inter- about the shielding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And Chris <laughs> Evans, also apparently the one person who isn't stoned. We're, we're getting some. Right, right. Yeah, he's got some energy. <laughs> he has more energy here, even. Check this out. Do I have to spell it out for you? We have a payload to deliver to the heart of our nearest star. We're delivering that payload because that star is dying. And if it dies, we die. Everything dies. So that is our mission. There is nothing, literally nothing more important than completing our mission. End of story. He's right. He's right. Of course I'm right. He is right. He would. They would have. Right. None of these problems happen if they had just done what he said, which he, he was totally right. They effed up. Mm. Yeah. They effed up. They, they would have never up, gotten lizard, lizard freaking uh, Mark Strong on, on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, right? of course, something supernatural is happening, in which case he would have got on there anyway. Well, but, but there's not. There's not. He they docked with the ship. He snuck on board. He broke the the. I know, and that disappointed me so much. Why? Because I wanted to be left up to my imagination. You want science? You wanted some magic in this, and there isn't any. I there... want some magic. <laughs> Leave something to the imagination. All right, Brian or Randy, this is for you for thinking that there's too many monotones, low speakers in this movie. Okay, this part right here. It was Killian Murphy in his dream. I love when, oh, I yeah, love when wow. he would be in his suit and screaming, and then they would flip to the outside of the suit. He'd just be laying there with yeah. no screaming because you couldn't hear him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then he laughed every time. Sound design in this movie was really something. I right. uh, You have to get used to it because like you go into it expecting one thing, which is what every other movie does in space, and you get this, which is kind of like a this real artistic idea that space is absolutely chock full of sound. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not just sounds like you're standing around on a street, but 
more sound than even that, you know? Yep. And, and once you get used to it, the sound becomes another character, you know? Yeah. Right. I like that. Uh, here's a, I have a sound clip that was sent to me by anonymous. This is not, uh, it's, it involves Ibit, but it's not from your mom or anybody. This is from no. somebody who just says, you may want this clip. Keep me anonymous. This is for, uh, this is for Brian. Ibit. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And the note oh, yeah. said, maybe from the girl, I don't know, but it says, this is what, the reply was when Brian Ibbett, this is the words I'm reading exactly from the note, when Brian Ibbett showed his wiener to his prom date. <laughs> okay? So All right. here's here's what the reply was. I know what it is, Flyboy. Oh, geez. That is, <laughs> oh, that was tough. Flyboy. That was a long name. That name has two connotations, the nickname <laughs> Flyboy that I had in high school. Because uh, right. it was always down. This legitimately oh. scared me. This is a scene where... Fear the Walking Dead guy is over on the other ship and they're checking the water system and it scared me. Mm. Which it's supposed to do. Mm. Well yeah. Okay, yeah. well water works. Yeah. You wash dishes if we need to. I was a little disappointed there wasn't a cat there that jumped out. I was not going to lie. We do. We need a, uh, a Jones. Yeah. Uh, Got to have one. You can't go full aliens. In, uh, there would have been Event two. Horizon 2. Didn't they always? Did they have a it's cat? It's always a space and cat. Space cat. Wait, and if you're gonna if you're gonna use plants uh, for food and oxygen, then you're gonna necessarily have to have insects, right? Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Right, the ecosystem would have Jeez. to be as uh, mm-hmm. full and complete as possible. That's always been fascinating to me to see how movies handle that and mm-hmm. deal with it. The one thing I did like about that Chris Pratt um, Jennifer Lawrence movie, I forgot the name of it. Uh, oh, Passengers. Oh. That movie had so much potential to be cool, but it really uh, did. Yeah. But what I loved about it was the the plant overgrowth during the intervening time was really cool. Like the whole ship was just like overtaken by it. That became kind of a jungle, like Logan's Run kind of thing too. That movie had so much damn potential. Gosh dang it! Mm -hmm. Yeah, bugs me. You know who was great in that? Michael Sheen was great in that as the bartender robot. Oh yeah, yes. Sliding back and forth, so Uh, good. Anyone see that thing he's in now where he's like a serial killer? Yes, I have. The Prodigal Son. How is and that? Season two just started. I really enjoy it. It's a it's a network show, right? That makes me nervous. It is. It is. Okay. But it's still good. good. It's not. I have enjoyed it. Watch okay. the first season. All right. And where can I see it. that now? Hulu, probably? Uh, is it? Hulu is probably the best place. That's yeah, why I usually watch Fox. And, and speaking of such things. And where we watch this. Yeah. Are are they going to make another season of Avenue Five? I need more Avenue Five. Oh, I do too. That was so funny. Why do I not remember what Avenue Five is? It's uh, the HBO space uh, oh. comedy by the guys who did Veep. Right. Yeah. With I a didn't lot see that. of swearing in it. I should see that. You should see that. Yeah. You should definitely. I'm gonna yeah, make you, you lo- everybody loves Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad, right? Yeah. 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 Why not? He's the he's the frozen snowman. <laughs> sure. I'm sure he likes being known only for that. The frozen snowman. Yeah, the frozen snowman. He's the guy in 2020 who's responsible for reuniting every 80s and 90s film cast. Yeah, he really did a job there. He really he? did. Yeah. That's. Sub- I mean, there, we haven't fully come to grips with how somehow Josh Gad, voice actor and regular actor, mm-hmm. not really known for anything huge, somehow brought everyone together i don't get it yeah, right i don't get it he has a power all right he does here's a oh this was right after he tested that water got water all right <laughs> got water got water look at that uh here's argue with soon. argue with the computer i think one of you brought this up earlier yes 
Uh, Donna White did, yeah. So here's, here's that. Four crew could potentially survive on current Trey reserves. Trey is dead. There are only four crew members. Negative. Affirmative Vickers, four crew, Mace, Cassie, Carzon, and me. Five crew members. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Five. <laughs> what I say? Yeah, that was pretty great. Here's Mark Strong doing a great Kiwi accent. Uh, that's the other thing he did is he did not do a British accent. He was playing, uh, uh, what do you call it? New Zealand is where he was playing mm-hmm. like he was from. So here's that. Whoops. At the end of time, a moment will come when just one man remains. Then the moment will pass. The man will be gone. Am I that man? <laughs> he says later. He's just later. As his flesh is being ripped from his bones. Oh, yeah, dude. That guy. Hell of a thing. All right. Uh, return the panels. Please return the panels to the <laughs> The robot was starting to lose it. <laughs> My computer's not going to work if you don't figure All right, here's that's the cap. A, of- that's a trope on TV tropes called oh. electric speech impediment. <laughs> that's oh. great. Interesting. <laughs> I'm uh, a fan. There's... There's some great uh, examples of it. Uh, if, you, if you go look, there's like a whole list of, of examples where movies have that instead of the computer fail, it fail it it works its way to failure via speech. There you go. That's what you want. And this. Kappa. All right. That's pretty good. <laughs> I love that. you there, Kappa? Now, I'm not. The, okay, the movie's not funny. And there was never a moment where it Disagree. was unintentionally funny, but there was this one moment that made me laugh, and I don't think I was supposed to. And it's when Killian Murphy, in a giant suit, fell down and screamed. <laughs> and so I captured it because and spit all over the place. Too. Yeah, because oh, yeah. even the sound's funny. So check it out. I disagree that this was. I disagree. This was a joyless movie. I think the fact that they designed uh, the the golden suit after Kenny from South Park thinks I think. Yeah, yeah. Is that trivia real? I don't know. I screwed uh, me for it, that. I, I can't say, but I want it to be real. And he's ruined everything else, so I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say scrutiny on that. It hey, doesn't sound hey, right. Hey, Ibit, did, I know you couldn't get this from Netflix, but you didn't. Yeah. Get it for the uh, PSP when it was on UMD. You didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I still just have uh, the first Spider-Man movie and the Fifth Element on PSP. Oh, That's so the bad. only. Those are the only things I have. Nice. Well, let me grab it off eBay for you. I'm sending it again. Oh, thanks, your yes. address, right? The funny thing to me, uh, like I laughed out loud a couple of times, and it's it's when Cliff Curtis puts on sunglasses and then gets. <laughs> Uh, light blasted and it reminded me of of course it didn't remind me specifically because i can't remember was it rca was it magnavox who was the company that had the dude in the chair yeah and you're getting blasted by sound maxwell no it was maxwell yeah Yeah. maxwell oh sitting in the chair with the hair back okay yeah 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 the wine glass starting to tip over. Yep, there it yeah. is. Maxell, uh, uh, blown away man is the name of yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> this is this is every time Cliff Curtis puts on those sunglasses, yeah. and then it's bright, and he looks like like the light is pushing him backwards. Yeah. Which I, is just so insane. I like, yeah. I like the fact that every everybody brought their own shades for that room. Nobody they didn't have like mm-hmm. you know mandatory 
eyewear Sir for that provided room. NASA yeah. shade or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. weird. They all looked just like aviators that you like, you know, just yeah. a pair you got at the mall at the sun at the sunglasses hut or whatever. I'm pretty sure Warby Parker was... still has to be around in, in twenty fifty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I really think that none of those glasses would be even kinda rated for for any type oh, of not even close, right? At that level. Yeah, not right. even close. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Like for his thirty second view, the the robot or the computer seemed to think that that would be fine just for your human right. eyes, not even with shades. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like at some point, he was just testing to see how far he could take it, and they didn't right. really get into that. the re- The resolution there is that well, when he finally sacrificed himself for the betterment of the mission, he did decide the way to go was to sit in that room and blast himself. Yeah, and he didn't waste mm-hmm. any time either. It's like, mm-hmm. nah, I could probably, I could probably survive for you know a, a while. He didn't have to be, you know. But he's like, yeah. ah, why wait? The tip, yeah, right? exactly. And that, another, live, another, live for a short while miserably, or just die painfully. I'll take the right. Die pain. Another, is, another lasting image for me is is Frankie Pants, whatever his name is, the new captain who's a dick who misses, oh, yeah, goes yeah. flying off into space, and he's like, well, what do I do? I guess I'll open my face thing and just freeze. Oh, and sucked. that that really was the worst death, by the way, for me. Oh. oh, and then getting your crispy frozen arm broken off by a yeah. I mean, at this point, he was probably dead and didn't experience pain. any of that part. But <laughs> oh, I was yeah. really envying people who got stabbed in the back. I'm like, mm. I would much prefer that than trying to hold my breath. Oh my god, that's such a nightmare. Thinking about uh, close your trying eyes, trying to your breath, hold yeah. your breath. Yeah, but stabbing Michelle Yeoh in the back is one thing. Having her get sucked through the halls of your ship and slammed up against a door <laughs> is a whole nother thing, man. And what is up in 2050 where we have electric scalpels? I think a regular scalpel will be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the whole, you know, <laughs> the or I don't understand the oral B scalpel. Of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just want to point out in that, that in that in that little sequence where Killian Murphy is getting blasted, but from one ship to the other, and he and he's holding on to the two guys, he holds on to Mace. I think he let go of Harvey on purpose. Yeah, I think so. I, I think would have. Right. Harvey sucked. He's like out. Mm-hmm. Harvey's a garbage monster. Gave, gave him a little. Gave him a little shove. Little. The movie doesn't actually get into it at all. It just keeps no. going. Mm-hmm. But I think. I think actually, Kappa kills Harvey. Mm. I thought it was pretty convenient that they need to get rid of two people. Three, they found out, but they need to get rid of two people. Two mm-hmm. people got rid of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even think yeah. about it. Yep. Bam, bam, and not even like a long debate about it either. No, it was pretty quick. Yep. I. I, I think more could have been done with uh, Trey killing himself. Mm. Like I I didn't I didn't enjoy that uh, Mace goes and finds him. Where like I'm like no I wanted to see like what would what was he watching and why why did he choose that that program to he, put himself I, he, into? We saw him in there. He's looking at birds flying around. They were still birds. flying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was. I liked that because that was a that was a moment of like how do I put this. Like he's not feeling that much remorse for what he now has to do, right? But now that the guy's dead, then the remorse kicks in because it's like all of this is all of this is your fault for for changing (laughs) the mission. Like everything about this is is you voting to change the mission, and then they fight again. And I don't. I really like that. It made me sad, but it's very intense. Yeah, it was really good. And all I could think of was, oh, here's Rose Byrne. She'll clean it up probably because that's what she does on the ship. She's just running around cleaning <laughs> shit. Argues <laughs> with the computer and cleans up stuff. Yeah, put, yeah. put you in your suit. Put your headband on. She's real good at all right. that. It's like having your mom with you. It's great. Oh, good point. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's uh, time for this now. Uh, this right here, if I can find it.
It's the film sack checklist. Gold-plated suits are pretty cool. Check. Yes. Don't break the compression seal if you don't want Michelle Yeoh all over your door. Check. (laughs) (laughs) It was late last night. Come on. I don't know what I was saying. Uh, Don't worry. They will unfreeze Chris Evans in the future, and he will be Steve Rogers. Check. Oh, yeah. Wow. He'll be fine. Uh, Connections. Randy, you said you brought a couple. Yeah, we already we already have touched on all the MCU stuff. Um, there were nine people on the visual effects team for Sunshine, as well as the movie Star Trek Beyond. Mm. Uh, can you believe it's been five years since the last uh, major Star Trek motion picture? Oh, anyway, wow. um, uh, we talked about Michelle Yeoh. She played uh, Corazon in, in Sunshine, and you know her as uh, Captain Philippa Giorgio in uh, Discovery. Um, I was noticing Hobbs and Shaw connections while watching this movie. So uh, I I went and looked it up and I, and I was surprised to find that all of the makeup artists for sunshine also did the makeups for Hobbs and Shaw or maybe, maybe Hobbs and or Shaw. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Right. Cause makeup artists, I don't know. Anyway. um, Do they make them look like bacon? (laughs) (laughs) obviously obviously cliff curtis is what got me here cliff curtis plays uh the rock's brother in hobson shaw Mm -hmm. and uh probably my favorite thing in action movies in a long time Mm -hmm. is when hobson shaw go to samoa and they find uh cliff curtis there and a whole a whole family of uh these uh Brothers ready to put up a fight. Mm. Anyway, uh, the Sunshine assistant director mm. was Paul Bennett, mm. and he was also the assistant director on Children of Men in 2006, mm. Mutant Chronicles in 2008, mm. World War Z in 2013. He was assistant director on Hobbs and Shaw, and you need to go look at him at him in IMDb, guys. Uh-oh. This guy is always assistant director. No one will give him a promotion. Mm. He's just a he's just a like lifelong assistant director. Well, maybe that's all he wants to be. Maybe there's a, maybe, maybe yeah. he doesn't want the pressure. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's like being an editor. It's not necessarily a hierarchy there. Ah. Eventually become the thing. By the way, that's some good connections. You mentioned uh, 2013's. Uh, um, World War Z. I just wanted to go on the record to say that I think World War Z is pretty good. I well, wait until we watch it for film sack and see if you change. How have we not? I liked it a lot. The only problem I ever had with World War Z was the zombie stacking. You're that's, insane. You're that's insane. the part I think was the coolest thing, actually. Same. Same. Like if I, I thought if it was cool. What no, the no. thing is I like the most about I World War Z. I thought it was cool yeah. when I saw it the first time. Yeah. Sub- subsequent watchings. I was like, yeah, that wasn't as cool as it doesn't bother well, the first me. First time at all. you see it is in the trailer, <laughs> right? True. And uh, by the cool. way, uh, speaking of Cliff Curtis, uh, he is apparently now just in all of these sci-fi movies. He was in Sunshine. He was in The Fountain. Um, he he is going to be in four or five uh, consecutive Avatar movies in the near future. Yeah, yeah. He's a new Avatar um, guy. I don't even know. Like they're making way too many. But I, mean, I know. Do you, do we think they'll Make all of them. I know they're planning on it. Do you think? I think he's back to back in all of it. Is what I heard. Yeah. So he's just going to film it all and then chunk it out. And, that way uh, they can't stop him. Yeah. Nobody can stop <laughs> him like, then. You can't stop me now. Uh, I've noticed that with Benedict Wong quickly becoming a guy. He's seen a lot of science fiction. Um, mm-hmm. And Cliff Curtis is just cool. I I'm totally fed down with everything you're saying. Like all these guys were really well cast. I don't think. The movie gets enough credit. We all we talk about individual uh, performances and stuff, and they were all excellent. But as a whole, just a great mix of people. Yeah. And they sold the movie for me in a big way. Also, Chris Evans with long hair is cool. 
Just want to put that out there. For for five minutes, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of sad they didn't show him like doing a shaving scene in yeah. space. I wanted to see that. <laughs> shaving shaving in space, yeah. Yeah, shaving in space. <laughs> uh what else here oh uh i did them all how about this let's do a soundtrack grade i give it an r for rad i think it was great very cool stuff like a discordant guitar business and weird trippy space stuff and it was great and relatively sparse for for what it is you know it's Mm -hmm. it's what you want though right it is what you want exactly yes it wasn't distracting to the film at all which is great once it. again, uh, looking through my sounds, soundtrack collection, uh, this is by far my favorite John Murphy movie. Um, there are others, mm-hmm. and I've talked about a lot how uh, he scored Miami Vice, the Michael Mann Miami Vice, which mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the score for that movie so much. Yeah. But it's o- completely overpowered by the modern music, uh, the the Cuban t- remakes of modern music. Uh, he also scored uh, Basic Instinct 2, which mm-hmm. is not – a great movie, but the score is really good. Mm-hmm. First, um, I didn't know there was a two, but okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, to Scott's point of this whole episode, uh, John Murphy scored millions, so maybe. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very uh, good soundtrack as well. He also did both the Twenty Eight Days and Twenty Eight Weeks. He so a frequent collaborator here with what's his name, Suicide Squad. Uh, that's coming out the the James Gunn redo deal. He did that. Uh, he's got a knack. Him and him and Junkie XL might be my favorite two composers in Hollywood. This is this is uh, Sunshine. The score is a ten out of ten for me. Like this is as good as movie music gets. Yeah. It fits. It's exciting. It it goes where it's supposed to, and and it has a, a theme throughout the whole movie that you can catch and recognize. And it doesn't sound like everything else. It's got its own unique vibe, and I really it like does. that. Um, all right. Twitter posts is where you guys sum up this damn thing. This amazing film and 280 characters or less this week. Let's throw it in a wrench into things and start with Randy sunshine, a house full of six men and two women, uh, are partying. They decide to go next door and raid the liquor cabinet. And once they get inside, it's crazy dusty. And they realize that the neighbor just went the other way and is now in their house. Just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. (laughs) I see what you did there. Happened more times than I'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian Dunaway. Sunshine, for seven years I spoke with God. He told me to take us all to heaven in a little rowboat. I'm a golden spacesuit, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, wow. Carryover. That's what we call back for last week. Yeah, yeah. nice job. Uh, Brian Ibbett. As I had a callback to my, you know, don't let the sun go down on me is another Elton John song, by the way. So there you go. Uh, sunshine, seven astronauts faking American accents fly to the sun on a spaceship named after a Greek character who died because he flew too close to the sun. Bet you can't guess what happens. Sizzling. <laughs> sizzling. <laughs> now, I've always said sizzling, and I hear you saying sizzling, but it's really yeah. sizzling, right? It's just, oh, really? Is, no, it too, uh, is it too? Is it too? There's no uh in the middle. Three? Right. Sizzling. I think. I think yeah, it's sizzling. sizzling. What is the it's commercial? Like, I know you put a commercial in our. Here, I'll, uh, I'll play it. Right. What does the commercial say? Let's play it. Move over, bacon. There's something leaner, tasty, sizzling. Now she says she says the, uh, in the middle too, but there's sizzling. no. There's it's S I Z Z. Oh, you're right. There's not. Yeah. Yeah. But they but if they call it but you say sizzle sizzling. You don't say sizzle. You you say sizzle. Oh, you're right, Brian. Okay, if it's on the right track, sizzle. Right. <laughs> so it's still three syllables. Sizzle, 
Sizzle. You say sizzle. Sizzling. 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 Yeah. Are you making bacon? I can hear it sizzle. (laughs) I just want to mention the uh, film sack discord. I am not having, I'm not having any part of this discussion. We can. Yeah. Join the discord. It's on the site, filmsack.com and you can be in there and you can make fun of our crappy sizzling discussion all you want. That's right. Um, All right. Where the hell are we? Oh, Guys, I got alternate titles. This just handed to me. Oh, man, I can't believe they didn't do these. The first one was almost little nearly Miss Sunshine. <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, and then uh, the final choice was uh, that bitch of a son is a son of a bitch. All right, moving on. Uh, emails. Don't you quit on me, son. Yeah. Uh, the emails are uh, from people, and we get them. Filmsack at gmail.com. We love getting them. This first one here is from uh, Stephen Ohio. He says, hey, Sackers. Just finished listening to your episode about Almost Famous. My wife and I were surprised that nobody mentioned the super creepy part of the Quaalude overdose scene where Will kisses a basically unconscious Penny Lane. He even goes so far as to say, quote, you're not going to remember this anyway, unquote, and mentions going where, quote, manly men have gone before, unquote. From a 2021 perspective, this, what? Oh, many men, not many, manly, not manly men. men. <laughs> Oops. That's many film men. sack on Discord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Said that from a 2021 perspective, the scene felt really weird. Anyway, just curious when you guys uh, uh, had went had where as weirded out at, that this they spelled all that wrong. Yeah, anyway, we're, we're as weirded, as weirded out as we out, were. Yeah. Uh, keep up yeah. the good work, Steve from Ohio. I will admit I was a little caught up in the music and resolution of how far the pixie girlfriend had fallen that right. i didn't notice but that might speak to me and the kind yeah i think i thought of it at the time and really i don't know i kind of either dismissed it or or felt like it was i don't want to say appropriate in context but um, believable believable for that character that will you know right who's been in love with her this whole time and is in is holding her i don't know yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's even, as, also, I, even you, as I say it, it's like yeah, it's kind of creepy, I, but uh, yeah. I feel it could be too easy for period. dudes to say. You know, if I was if yeah. I was a, a a woman, I probably would have noticed this, and that says a lot about how men just don't notice these things. But uh-huh. um, here's one from Chris Seeley who wrote in says, "Hey guys, long time listener, first time email, yada yada yada." Anyhow, that's what he said, not me. <laughs> So anyhow, I love your podcast. I was listening to some golden oldies today in the night of the living dead sack. Superb. I would add the safe, uh, sorry, the safe locations on being broadcast on TV are a little closer to reality than you think. The location of the action is accepted to be the areas around Pittsburgh. I'm a resident of Western PA and these locations are indeed real. Indiana refers uh, to the town of Indiana, uh, which is in Pennsylvania, birthplace of Jimmy Stewart, by the way. Uh, although seeing the state squeezed into some sticky floored high school gym would be a fine production. I can't speak to the specific buildings, but it would be cool to see real towns I've visited regularly like Mercer, Greensburg, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Sharon appear on this classic. Anyhow, 100% real towns, likely dubious and ubiquitous buildings. Uh, there are several central fire stations and municipal buildings around. Keep up the good work and have a great new year, Chris. Uh, well, all of that sounds like uh accurate real stuff to a thing i barely remember but i like <laughs> i like to point out uh with emails like this that people can go back and find like ancient episodes of ours and and dig mm-hmm. out little tidbits like and this, ask so. us questions that we'll have no memory yeah. to be able to answer 
<laughs> right. You could have said to us, you guys, think you, you guys think you've done Night of the Living Dead, but you haven't, and I would have believed you. But uh, anyway, good stuff, Chris. Thank you for that. And if you have a thought, feeling, comment, question, whatever, you can send them to filmsack at gmail.com. Or like I said before, go into that Discord that Randy brought up. It's uh, over at filmsack.com. You can find it. Our next film is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Get out of here. I mean, you could argue not not the least good. The first one, I think, is the least good. This one's like second least good. Road Warrior, then Fury Road. But if I remember correctly, this is the most mainstream of the four movies. Yeah. 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 It had like. And the one that was probably in. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. It's. I do too. It's bad, but good. I like. I like. I mean, we wouldn't have the Barter Town thing without it. Like. Right. There's a lot of stuff about it that I like, and 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 I'm gonna be totally fine talking about, despite my slavish love for 2015's Fury Road. But we'll sure. we'll we'll get to it, and we'll talk about it. That's next week on Thunderdome, or I'm um, Film Sack, and it's Thunderdome. Oh, Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where is the streaming? I forgot where to send people for this. Mad, oh, Mad Max, HBO, HBO Mad Max, HBO Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There you go. They uh, they currently have this and Fury Road on HBO Max at the moment. So I think all four all four movies I think are on HBO Max right now. Time oh, for a marathon. Have we done? We have not done Road Warrior. Oh, we really should do Road Warrior too. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, in keeping with our weird <laughs> thing, we'll we'll jump ahead a sequel and then go back, and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry, everybody. Anyway, that's next week, right here on Film Sack. Uh, the, after that, if you're wondering, we're aiming for The Expendables 3, assuming it stays right where it's at. So we are working ahead a little bit. Anyway, next week, Thunderdome right here on the show. In the meantime, filmsack.com is our website. Filmsack at gmail.com is that email address once again. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find out uh, what we're watching, when we're doing it, and when shows go up over at Filmsack. You can also ask your questions there. I check that every day. And you can leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever, wherever you get them, leave us a review. It helps us get discovered. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. The last man alone with God. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.